the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right. It's Friday. We made it through the week. That's a good thing. Bad thing is weather is not going to be very good this weekend. Rain tomorrow. And when you get up to go to church on Sunday, the low over Saturday night into Sunday, 19. So maybe this is old man winter's last big blow uh, before we get into uh, springtime. A week from this Sunday, you will spring forward on your clock and you'll have to make up uh, make do with one last hour of sleep for a few days so week from monday everybody be cranky for a couple of days you know what i'm saying it's amazing to me one hour can make that much of a difference to you as far as uh, sleep goes but it does it'd be harder to go to sleep but it'd be tough after you wake up does that one missing that one hour of sleep bother you, Russ? Does that throw your day off? For Every day, missing an hour of sleep throws my day off. Okay, so uh, you know, changing your clock then, uh, not this weekend, but next weekend, well, it, it's gonna make you a little surly for a few days, huh? <laughs> you don't even want to talk about it. it. Bothers him so much. All right, so Matt's going to be here. He's on his way. I was told he's he's hustling to to get here and to be part of the show today. Not a lot going on these last couple of weeks as far as movies went, but that all changes for sure next week because uh, the new one is coming out with Brie Larson, Captain Marvel. That comes out on the uh, 8th. And uh, there's another movie that's coming out that looks kind of interesting. Uh, you know, it's kind of one of those artsy-fartsy movies. Uh, it's called Climax, and it's about a big party going on, and somebody puts something in the sangria, and it's like uh, LSD or something, and things get out of hand, and it becomes a nightmarish type of a situation. So... Uh, I'm kind of lo- looking forward to that. I've seen the trailer. I've read about it. It sounds like an interesting concept, to say the least. For you that are keep a uh, close watch on your money, dial today up 109. Yep, just changed 112. Our uh, NASDAQ is up 61, and the S&P 500 is up uh, 17. <coughs> yeah, if we finish up today, it'll be the 10th week in a row uh that we've had positive weeks for the um the dow jones that's pretty doggone good we got to be happy with that that goes back all the way to the end of 2018 here now into 2019 so i'm looking forward to that uh movies out this weekend uh greta is uh, opening here in the uh, little rock area uh it's uh kind of an interesting concept now whether it's all that good i don't know 
The paper today said 78. I've heard it's a little better than that, maybe 83, 84, above average film, but it's not a a horror movie. Sit down. I'm just looking over, and lo and behold, walking into the studio is uh, Zach. Are you going to go see this movie, Greta? Have you heard about it? Further about it, but I probably won't go see it. Yeah, it sounds kind of interesting. They say that the biggest problem with it is that you really have to um, go into a whole feeling of disbelief. I mean, whenever you watch horror or you watch, you know, over-the-top action, you've got to suspend disbelief to a certain extent. I thought that was a historical drama film or something like no, that. No, no, oh. no. It's about a stalker. Okay. Uh, it's got... Uh, was it Chloe Grace Moretz? Is mm-hmm. it okay? You know, we know her from Kick Ass. Yep, All and right. I know from another film as and, well. And I thought she would have done better by now, but mm-hmm. she's not. She's not. Whoever is sending her the scripts that she they want the, her to consider her agent or whatever. Yeah, not sending her the best scripts. I don't believe. I think she's what only twenty one, twenty two yeah, years old. Yeah, she's young. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's really young. I mean, when she did. Uh, what was it? Uh, she um, she reminds me of oh, what's her name? Did Ex Machina? Oh, um, Alex Alexander? Yeah, whatever her name is. Yeah, Velander or whatever her name Vigander, is. or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I really like her. Okay. Okay. I think she's a great actress. Yeah. I think that Chloe Grace Moretz is going to be a great actress. Mm-hmm. However, she's picking bad, bad. Script. She she's the one who did that remake of Carrie too. Okay, you remember that one? I never watched that. Yeah, not. I mean, look if you watch the original that had Susie uh, Susie Spacek in it, mm-hmm. the original. Yeah, and then you watch hers. Uh, not so good because she's been in Neighbors too. That's in the movie. I promise I saw her the first yeah. time, and she right. was in the Equalizer too. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, the first one. That's right. Okay, and she was pretty good in that. Exactly, but. She was really, really good in Kick-Ass. Mm-hmm. Excellent in that movie. And I, I was expecting big things from her, but she's done some stuff that's not all that tremendous. Uh, Piers Merchant, who I don't really care for as a critic. I think he's a he's an idiot. But uh, the effectiveness of this peculiar, creepy, forced captivity picture depends almost entirely, and he's right about this, Yeah. Uh, on your perception of Isabel Hooper. She's the woman who plays opposite of Chloe. Gotcha. Chloe. She is five foot and weighs right around 90 pounds. Really? Goodness. Okay, now you're short and you're a lightweight. Okay? <laughs> now, it says here, if you can believe that this 65-year-old actress uh-huh. can be an intimidating physical force, you might buy into the film. If not... <laughs> And I can hardly blame you if that's the case. The conception quickly becomes ludicrous. Mm. Here's the, let me just kind of set it up for you. You got, I think uh, Moretz has had, she's lost uh, a family member, if I'm not mistaken. Somebody has died. Mm -hmm. Uh, She's on the subway. She finds a purse. She looks in the purse. She's being the, the good, the good neighbor, good the citizen thing takes the purse back to the woman, happens to be Isabella Hooper. Gotcha. Right? She's hanging around Hooper, happens to look in a cabinet and sees, like, 
20 of these purses. This woman has been going around and leaving these purses around, mm-hmm. and then she starts stalking people. Wow, that's just That's, that's kind of creepy. That's creepy and that's weird. creepy, yeah. all right? All right, so you, you got good stuff going here, mm-hmm. but in the end, this is supposed to be a psychological thriller. It's a physical one, and the standard of disbelief is indeed binding. You have to be able to believe this woman can exert her physical presence mm-hmm. over Chloe Grace Moretz. Mm-hmm. You know, Moretz is a pretty, um, what's the word, um, athletic-looking young lady. Yeah. And I can't believe that she wouldn't have just whooped, you know, this lady's butt, you know? So Isabella Hooper, she's only five feet, well, a Wikipedia says she's five feet three, but still, she's very small. Small, and exactly. about 90 pounds. So it's all about the mind, basically. She's trying to, it's not just physical, it's really about the mind. Like I say, it's a psychological yeah. thriller film. Yeah. And you expect this lady to basically play yeah, that part. Control her. Exactly. I don't know uh, about that. Uh, well, you know, the reviews are pretty much average for the film so far and the review in the paper yeah. 78 that's mm-hmm. an average motion picture you got to be above average to make people lay down the money now to go into the theater that's totally true that is they're I not mean, like seriously. us you know it's totally true yeah you're not you know big cinephile <laughs> how how big is Chloe? i'm looking here i'm trying to find it out here she's uh she was also in let me in she's five way. four okay so mm-hmm. she's a little bigger and does it say what she weighs in stones? No, nah, I'm just thinking <laughs> <laughs> that's funny boxing. <laughs> yeah, you know she's not British. Okay, she's from Atlanta, Georgia. I didn't know that. But she's a pretty good actress. Mm-hmm. Uh, Let Me In, 2010, Kickass, 2010, Carrie, 2013, The Fifth Wave. Terrible movie. I do. That was a bad movie. 2016, I agree with you. Greta. Now. Mm-hmm. Suspira, which I didn't get a chance to see. Um, in fact, I need to ask. You know, I I don't even remember it showing in this market. Matt, did Suspira show in our market? Oh man, things horrible. Okay. Don't waste your time. Man. But it was it was bad, right? I mean, but it didn't show here, did it? It was horrible. Or was it like a blink and it gone? Was horrible. It was horrible. It was horrible. Okay. Nobody showed it. Like Charles Barkley, horrible. No, terrible. Nobody showed it. Terrible. Man. No, come on. Okay, so Nobody you didn't show it. Okay, no, that's no, good. No, All right. No. What are you talking about right now? Let me break it. We're, we're talking about Greta. Okay, well, and, you and know. We're talking about Chloe okay. Grace Moretz. Okay, okay. Well, and I didn't know she was in Suspira. Okay. I thought that was Dakota Fanning or whatever. Speaking of Greta, and I guess you're touching base on the review in today's mm-hmm. Democrat Gazette. Of course I am. And basically, the guy who wrote that, which is that, I guess it's that Piers Marchant guy out of Philly or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But, and I don't care for him all that much, to be honest. Well, he just, he hates that actress that's what that boils down to i mean if you read the review he doesn't like her which one chloe no the, the main star he doesn't like um hooper yeah. okay yes yeah, he does not okay. like her and okay. so that's what he gets down to and so he basically goes through the review and says the the entire review is basically beating her up I hate he's you. not talking about the other stars okay he doesn't mm-hmm. have a problem with chloe yeah or Monroe or Jane Perry or the mm-hmm. Jeff Hiller guy doesn't really have an issue with Neil Jordan, the director. Yeah. His problem is with Isabel. And basically, he says that she is too small. Yeah, we've already talked about that. To be that. evil. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's right. And that's his whole take on the deal. Whereas in, you know, uh, <laughs> I, 
there's more to stalking. Mm-hmm. There's more to murder than being the size of an NFL lineman. Exactly. So I, I think he has an issue with her. Like I have an issue with Meryl Streep. Okay, I hate Meryl Streep. He hates Isabel, and that's why he doesn't like the movie. That's what it boils down to. Okay? It might be the way she projects herself. I mean, it's hard sometimes to watch Meryl Streep because mm-hmm. she projects, even in no matter what the role is, a feeling of condensation on the people watching her. Yeah. I just, you know, and, and, and y'all probably haven't touched base on the Oscars yet, but, you know, no. I... You know, I like I don't want the nominations to take on just a political bend and I don't want the winners to be picked for some type of political reason. Mm-hmm, you know. I don't want politics in my award show. I don't yep. want to hear all this. I want them to talk about movies. I so, heard that there was not as much politics in it this year as there has been. In the past. They didn't stink to join up like they did last year. Yeah. I'll give them that. Okay. But the people that are beating up Green Book are just wrong. It deserved to be Best Picture. Okay. Right. That's a great film. What is wrong? I, I, I told you, man. I told you in October that was, it was a great good. film. It's a great people film. People have been beating the film know. up. He does a great job. Have you watched season three of True Detective yet? Finished it up. Man, that guy's awesome. He is. Moonlight, True mm-hmm. Detective season three, mm-hmm. Green Book. What does he what does he not do? They that, did waste him in the leader though. He did I mean he really didn't need to be in that film. Oh, at all. sure he did. He was no. great in that no. movie. He was a good bad guy. He, he could have been used more in exactly. the film. Yeah, I, want to I say think that. his yeah, his I role could have been expanded, and that's why they could have used someone else. Yeah, yeah. If you're going to right. do that. You're right. You're right. But I, 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 again, and we had this a little bit last week. I want him to have because he's done the role in Moonlight. Mm-hmm. He's done the true detective role. He's done the role in Green Book. Luke Cage. All of those room, mm-hmm. roles. Yeah, he was Cottonmouth. Cottonmouth. Luke Cage. Fantastic. All those ro- roles are so different right yeah yeah but i want him to have a standalone action movie like a jack reacher type where he's the dude Mm -hmm. i want to see that or like a like a liam neeson type in taken i want that dude in that role because that's the one thing he hasn't touched yet like a luther type role luther Luther on bbc i love that i love that i love that show have you seen i love that show no luther on bbc oh man you are missing a great cop show man okay it's so good yeah it's originally on bbc but uh, it's got my man Barksdale and and from uh, from the Wire and it has and Idris Elba. He's yes, the he's the star. He's, he's yeah, a star. he's a star. Oh, yeah, and you he know, was, I think I watched one episode of. It. Yeah, he, he was the did. he was the lead drug dealer in the Wire. Because I love that's where I, that's when he's, I decided I, that's actor. when I decided I really liked him okay. because he was on the Wire. Have you seen the Wire? I have never seen the Wire. Man, that's never. awesome. It's great. Okay, so that's where he got his start. Mm-hmm. That was like his big break, right? He's gotcha. the lead drug dealer from okay. that show, right? You got to check that out, but. Luther's good. Luther, yeah, you need to see that. And and they've got a new episode on BBC right now. So, I mean, it'll eventually be hitting BBC America, and then it'll go to Netflix after that. But there's another season. They said they weren't going to do any more because they right. did like four seasons, but there's a new one. There's a mm-hmm. new season now. So I think that's on BBC BBC now. I think it was late 2017 when they came out with that new season. Ah, okay. And it was like only like three or four episodes long, I believe. Ah, okay. okay. No, there's another Before one. There's we, another one. We'll come back and continue this when we come back. As you can tell, Matt Smith is here. We will talk more when we return on the Dave Ellswick Show. Let me make sure. As well. Now, before I go any further, I want to bring Russ into this a little bit. Okay. Because earlier we were talking a little bit about the actress you're not thrilled with. What? Who? What? The actress you don't like. Meryl Streep? Meryl Streep. Oh, what brought her up? I'm not a big Meryl Streep fan What brought her up? Well, I'm just looking... (laughs) 
you know, I looked up and I said that she kind of comes off condescending yeah. in when she, the parts that she plays. And I looked up and Russ was looking at me weird. I don't know. Is she like Because one? you said conden, condensating. Oh, did I say it? No, I didn't. I said condensating. No, I'll go no, back no, and I'll you find go, the tape. You go back and find okay. it. Okay. You go back and find it. You said I condensating. You That's what I was looking about. Oh, okay. okay. Anyway, you had the wrong word. Who cares? But Everybody condescending, do you know, yes. Did you, do you know what I meant? Do you know what? So oh, why I know do I have exactly to say it right? So meant, why do? Okay, so you why do I have to say meant. it? It's getting Trumpian so in here. I gotta make it. I gotta <laughs> say like it exactly now. right. So that Interpret the treat. Yeah. It's not anyway. literal. <laughs> Figuratively, <laughs> you knew what I meant. That's the bottom line. All right, but she looks down on you. Not she not looks down her na- nose at you. I, I, I don't that's, know. That's how I always feel I just when hate she the, talks. I just hate to shoot. The, it's got, I mean, season five, ninety four percent by Ryan yeah. Tomatoes. Man, it's man. just so great. It's just a great it's show. So he does such a good job. He just changed the no, subject. No, he's just good, it. man. He's just no, the guy's no, good. Zach is trying to the guy's change good. the subject. Oh, I'm sorry. We were on Meryl Street <laughs> being a bum. I, I just, I don't know, man. I just. I want my movies to be my movies. I don't want my movies to be the news. I want my award show to be about the award and the craft and the art they are honoring. I do not want it to be about the news and politics. It's just like, you know, I want my sports to be sports. You know, I go to ESPN to watch sports. That is it. Just talk about sports. I don't want to. Well, at least least Jason Jason went back to the Cowboys. (laughs) That dude was awful, man. That dude was awful, (laughs) man. Why did they give that guy a mic? Man, he could not call a game to save his life, man. Oh, it's a far well, cry between him he's and Tony He's in the top, no. in the top <laughs> one or two of, of tight ends of all time, and he's in the top two worst broadcasters of all okay, time. Okay, now wait. Now you got Witten, and then you got Romo. Oh, Romo's oh, a genius. Okay, so you got a good one, genius. and you got a bad one. So that's pretty good. Genius. Romo's a genius on the, on broadcasting. You know what? I didn't even watch Monday Night Football that much just because of Jason Witten. The guy's irritating, you know? man. And there are the guys irritating. in the book, too. You know, who is it? Booger McFarland, I believe. Booger. The, yeah, he's yeah. funny, though. He's funny. He's funny, but he likes... Witten's not even funny. But yeah, he's they not pulled either. a rabbit out of his SEC. head. Isn't he on the SEC Network? He Booger? is. He yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. He does both. It was money in that football and for, I'm, for Jason. I'm sorry. I could not embrace anybody looking at me on television and calling me Booger. I'm just saying. He stuck with his nickname. Exactly. Like you got to give him that. I mean, what, why? If you want to mess with him, does man, it, hey, you take that size. Does it, does it ever occur to you mm-hmm. that everybody's going to wonder why did they call you Booger? Yeah, he just, yeah, you know. Well, that's why you got to tell them the story. Yeah. Boogie, boogie, well, what's boogie. the story? <laughs> I don't know the story. See, that's it. what I'm saying. So you can make up all these scenarios in your head. I mean, did he used to eat boogers when he was a kid or something? Probably. Hey, everyone's not going to go up to him like that. This man is like, is, <laughs> hey, this, hey, you, have you seen the guy before? I just want to call yeah, him out at the cocktail parties. You're proven a television show completely wrong. You can say that word on the radio. What? What? Johnny what? Fever. No. Oh, oh, <laughs> WKR. That came out of we just you lost never, us never there for a minute. Turkey my man. drop or something. I don't even know. Oh, yeah, booger. Oh, yeah, booger. Man. Booger. Mm, mm, mm. I don't know why. This guy's huge. As big as he is, I would tell my friends and I'm gonna my try family, to, you're not going to call me that. Six feet, I'm gonna, 280 pounds. I'm just saying, don't mess with Booger. Him. Is that wow? He's, He's a big man. He could play offensive line. He's a big man. <laughs> Anyway, back to the Oscars. (laughs) Where I was at before we got off on NFL football. Green Book should have won Best Picture. Yes. Uh Anybody that's got a problem with that's wrong. Bohemian Rhapsody 
It 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 deserved it was a close second. It deserved what it got. It's a great film. Mm-hmm. You got I best know, actor. I know, and a lot of people are beating it up now because some of the references to the gay and the homosexual community have been cut out of the film for the release in China, mm-hmm. and so people are mad about that. And the LGBTQ, they're protesting that or whatever. But it was go to e- China and protest to see how far that gets you. It was either cut that out or the film doesn't get to play in China. Exactly. So I mean, you know, the government does control what's going on over there. So yes, I don't know. They do. They're beating up. They're beating up the distributor on that. They're they're on talking bad about Fox on that or whatever the case may be. And oh, speaking of Fox, Alita is the biggest opening picture for Fox ever in China. That movie's a hit over oh, there. It's, it's a huge. It it's there. a huge. Mm-hmm. But they had to couple him here to get it released. And then, uh, you know, they've given a Star is Born some slack because people are saying that uh, he's cheating on his girlfriend with Lady Gaga and all that jazz. And she came out the other night and said he's not news. And then we're back with more on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We're talking about some different movies that are out there right now. We're talking about the Academy Awards. Uh, I was talking during the break, and and I agree with what – Matt was saying, he'll be happy to know that I agreed with him. Yeah. And that is that it's been a slow start to yeah. the 2019 movie I mean, going. I mean, the only ones yeah. that I've gone to see that I've really, really enjoyed, Alita, I enjoyed that. I also enjoyed Escape Room, and it's going to get to another, you know, a sequel. Or it, it hasn't been announced yet, but it's made about seven times what they pay, put into yeah. it to make it. Yeah, I mean, generally we agree or you're wrong. I mean, that's generally how it goes. I mean, <laughs> no. No. I mean, when it comes to movies, right? I mean, yeah. either either Dave and I agree or he's just wrong. I mean, you know, it's it's that simple. Gosh. I couldn't make him go watch Green Book, man. Oh, Come on. I, I get to see it. I know. Finally. Yeah. But I mean, I had to stay on you for six I, months, I, man. There were other ones I wanted to see before I saw Green Book. And it won Best Picture. And I'm a big... <laughs> took me six know, months to get this guy to go watch a movie, man. I mean, I like him as an telling actor. You, telling you. So, I want him to do another history of violence. Oh, yeah, he was great. He was great. But or I mean, Eastern Promises. You were talking about how this year is different. Last year, January and February were huge at the box office, mm-hmm. and yeah. then March and April were a little slow. This year, it's going to be the reverse of that. January yeah. and February have been slow. March and April are going to be real big this year. But I'm going to tell you what. When next Was it next week? Next Captain week. Marvel starts? Yes. Tickets are on sale now. next when, week. Yeah, when yes. that drops... It doesn't stop until after Christmas. It's going to be great. It's just bang, 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 bang. I mean, and the reason being, because Disney, and when you say Disney, you got to say Fox and you got to say Marvel. Uh, They hit it out of the ballpark this year. 11 films. Okay, got Almost one you. every month. It's amazing. Okay, I know, because it's not going to be perfect in a way for you know a full year of movies. So would you rather it start off slow and then build its way up to a great year, or would you like you want the year to start off with a bang and they kind of tailor off towards the end? Which way? I think, would, I think generally what happens is there is a slate of releases at Christmas, yeah, and the studios expect the Christmas releases mm-hmm. and the Oscar-nominated films to carry January gotcha. and February. Yep. Gotcha. That's what the studios mm-hmm. expect. And so you'll have 10 movies released at Christmas. Right. And they expect those to be on the screen all the way through President's mm-hmm. Day. And they expect the Oscar and Academy Award nominated films 
to stick on the screen. Gotcha. You know, and that mm-hmm. generally is what has happened in years past. Okay. But this year, you had some situations where, like we talked about in the break, mm-hmm. Black Panther was nominated for Oscars, but the film was almost a year old. Exactly. Uh, Black Klansman came out the first Friday in August, That's and it right. was nominated for Oscars. Mm-hmm. So you had some movies that were earlier in the year that were nominated for Oscars, when in the past, movies opening in November got nominated for Oscars. Right. And so they would certainly be on the screen in January and February. That was different this year, and I think that that is part of the problem with the January and February box office being down compared to 2018. That makes sense. And you did not have a Star Wars film at Christmas this year. Mm Mm-hmm. You did not have Jumanji at Christmas this year, yep. and you did not have The Greatest Showman at Christmas this year. Gotcha. So when you look back at the January, February of uh, 2018, it wasn't just Black Panther coming out in February. Right. It was those massive Christmas hits in The Greatest Showman, Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, mm-hmm. and Star Wars opening on Christmas, staying through Valentine's Day mm-hmm. at the box office, and the Academy Award film still being on the screen. That's what really picked up. January and February of 2018. Yeah. But this year, it's going to hit next week with Captain Marvel. And mm-hmm. like you said, it's just going to roll. Disney's yeah, got 11 films it. this year. If you plan on watching one of those 11 Walt Disney films in Garland County, you can only see them at the Hot Springs VIP Cinema. <laughs> That's hotspringsvip.com. We are the exclusive home of all That's Walt the Disney only place films. in Garland County. It's the only place you can see a Disney movie. In 2019. And tickets are on sale now for Captain Marvel. It plays Thursday night. Two Ex- weeks later, Dumbo. Exclusively at the Hot Springs VIP Cinema. And uh, it's hotspringsvip.com. This week we have exclusively a Medea family funeral. Mm-hmm. Also showing this week, How to Train Your Dragon 3, Alita Battle Angel, The Lego Movie Part 2, Isn't It Romantic, and Happy Death Day to You. That's HotspringsVIP.com. Tickets are on sale now for Dumbo, which starts March the 29th. Tickets are on sale now for Us, which starts March 21st. Tickets are on sale for Captain Marvel exclusively only at Hot Springs VIP Cinema in Garland County. It starts Thursday. And of course, we'll have Shazam and Pet Cemetery April the 5th. That's HotSpringsVIP.com. Over 20 different beers, eight different wines, luxury leather, electric recliners with tables and reserved seating. We just finished remodeling the restrooms, guys. All new restrooms there in Hot Springs. We've got new floor tile, new ceilings, new lights, new sinks, new mirrors. New toilets, new partitions, new paint, entirely new restrooms. They've been expanded. They've been remodeled. More stalls. We just opened up the new restrooms today. They're at HotSpringsVIPCinema.com. And construction is well underway for our expansion. The expansion will feature Real D 3D, Dolby Atmos Sound, Barco 4K projectors, stadium seating, mm-hmm. and luxury leather electric recliners with tables and reserve seating. Of course, we serve beer and wine. We have a full food menu. It's HotSpringsVIP.com, exclusive home of Disney. We'll have those new screens open in May. Yeah, and don't forget, at the end of March, you got Dumbo coming. The 29th. Only, only at your theater. HotSpringsVIP.com. <laughs> By the way, I had your chili cheese fries. Yes, and... They were fantastic. Man, I'm glad to hear that because I haven't had those. I'm a sucker for the chicken tenders. Me too. I like the four cheese mozzarella cheese sticks. Mm. Oh, God. I love the Gale's cheese nachos. And I like the chili with the nachos, mm-hmm. too. And I like the pizza. Those are like my favorite deals. Now, um, 
I don't know, some of the staff really like Nathan's Hot Dogs. We do that, and okay. we have the Bavarian Pretzels. Sliders, man. They they like, good i got to try that next. They're, They're like good. Those. I do have to try Nathan's is good. Nathan's is good. Yeah, I mean, it's, and it's the sliders. pretzels. People like those Bavarian Pretzels. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, man. But we My got problem a is menu. if I'm going to eat something that's got that, those, those rock-sized pieces of salt on them, yeah. I'm going to drink a beer. Sorry. There you go. There you go. <laughs> got to have a beer. The chili cheese fries were so good, I can eat breakfast the next morning. I love it. so full. I love it. And we got that. Full food menu at all four locations, including the chili cheese fries. And in Hot Springs, we do serve beer and wine, over 20 different beers, eight different wines. Full food menu there. We just put in a new pizza oven. And the restrooms are up, new, remodeled. They're going. We're working on the new auditoriums. We'll also have an all-new parking lot, new lighting, new front facade, new signage, new LED lights, the whole thing. We're hoping to get open in May. Better known as a whole new movie going experience. Hotspringsvip.com. Be sure to check it out. Be sure to check it out. Now, Cersei. We start installing recliners in Cersei. From the south to the north here. Start installing recliners in Cersei (laughs) on Thursday. Thursday, recliner seatings come to Cersei. All right. So hit it up, CerseiCinema.com. Now, playing this week, a Medea family funeral, How to Train Your Dragon 3. Isn't it romantic? The Lego Movie, the second part. The Upside, Alita Battle Angel, What Men Won't, and Happy Death Day 2. That's CerseiCinema.com. Same full food menu at all four locations. You can go to the website, CerseiCinema.com, like us on Facebook, download the free Theater Group mobile app, sign up for the email newsletter. Remember, we've got the Theater Group free popcorn tub. You buy the free popcorn tub, and you get free popcorn. And I have my tub, and let me tell you what, it is well worth it. For a full new year? Full year. Mm -hmm. All you can eat, popcorn on Wednesday, absolutely free. And you can refill that 200-ounce popcorn tub Thursday through Tuesday for just $4. Mm. Popcorn tub is good in Hot Springs, Searcy Cabot, and at Riverdale in Little Rock. All your butter's free. And, of course, uh, we're serving beer and wine in uh, Little Rock and Cabot and Hot Springs. CerseiCinema.com, uh, where we start the recliner install on Thursday. We're adding the luxury leather electric recliners with tables and reserve seating to the Cersei location. Uh, tickets are on sale now for Captain Marvel. And, of course, we'll have uh, Five Feet Apart, Us, and Dumbo all in March in Cersei. That's CerseiCinema.com. Be sure to check it out. Now, in Dave's hometown, <clears throat> the Cabot. big city of Cabot. Absolutely. Big city of Cabot. Now, in Cabot, we have a private club license. So be sure if you're stopped by the Cabot Theater to pick up your private club membership, yep. it's free. We have a new rewards program uh, that's good for all the theaters. And you sign up for the rewards program, and we uh, give you a card. And every time you spend a dollar, you collect points. And you can redeem those points for free movie posters, free movie tickets, food. It's right there on the website. Just click the banner for rewards. And uh, coming soon, we're going to be tying in a discount movie night for our rewards club members. Hmm. So you can go out and watch a discounted movie, uh, get you a discounted movie ticket. We're probably going to do that on Tuesdays for the reward club's members. So be sure to sign up for the rewards club. And the rewards club card can be used at all four locations just like the free popcorn bucket or just like our gift cards. It's good at any place, Little Rock, Cabot, Cersei, or Hot Springs. So sign up for the Rewards Club. we got a new online ticketing app. Uh, just download that to your phone, and you can make your online ticketing purchases with the touch of a button. One touch on your phone app, and you're able to buy your tickets. 
And if you sign up for the rewards program, you get 50 cents off your online ticketing fee. So be sure to do that. Cabot, VIPcinema.com. All right. We'll be back, and we'll tell you what's at Riverdale 10, including Casablanca, mentioned in the newspaper today. Voted the best script ever written in moviedom. Uh, is going to be showing in the second uh, Tuesday of this month. So not this coming Tuesday, but next Tuesday. Get your tickets now. I can almost guarantee you that that theater will be sold out. Learn little-known strategies that could help you save tens of thousands of dollars in taxes with a free tax reduction analysis. Uh, It comes out of David Lucas of David Lucas Financial. He's the host of David Lucas Show right here on 1011 The Answer. David's a published author, and he's right here in Little Rock. The free analysis will reveal the little-known strategies and loopholes that could help you save thousands of dollars in taxes with your IRA, 401K, Social Security benefits, and more. So get the analysis done by being one of the first 10 callers right now at 501-653-6690. 501-653-6690. Hey, don't forget about uh, Dwayne Smith and what he's got doing at his new insurance agency. I was just talking to one of the agents today, ran into him over at BJ's while I was having lunch and said that a lot of you, yeah, I'll take some of that. Anyway, the bottom line is, is that uh, Dwayne Smith wanted us to uh, tell you he's, imp- he's impressed with all the people who've been calling, wanting their uh, car insurance and home insurance and whatnot put through the analysis of, of all state and can he save you money and most of the people who are calling are saving some big bucks, $400 a year, $500 a year. It's pretty good when you can save money like that. And Dwayne Smith and his staff will be helping you out with that. All you got to do is uh, to set up an analysis is call 501-819-0373. That's 501-819-0373. Or stop by and visit with the guys at 3920 East Keel Avenue in Sherwood, and that is uh, the Dwayne Smith Insurance Agency. Number one agent there is Dwayne Smith, and then he's got a couple other guys working with him to do great jobs as well for you. Anyway, we were off air. We were talking about Sicario 2. Mm-hmm. Yes. Sicario 2, that movie, <laughs> is like Chinese Democracy album from Guns N' Roses. Okay? That, okay, okay. Appetite for Destruction came out before. This No, this is what I'm saying. If right now, today... Yeah. Chinese democracy from Guns N' Roses dropped, and they said that they had just recorded it following their reunion tour. People would be out buying it in droves, talking about how great a great an album it is. Man, it's so good. I can't believe after all these years, Slash and Duff and Axel still got it. That's what people would be doing, right? That's what they'd be doing right now. The problem with Sicario 2 mm-hmm. is it had to follow Sicario 1. It sure did. And that's what it Sicario sure 1 was so groundbreaking and awesome for what it was. That hurt Sicario, too. Mm-hmm. And when they had all that border controversy, they went in a different tangent with the movie yep. and made the story about the girl. Mm-hmm. If they'd have stuck with the terrorist bomber crossing yeah. our southern yeah, that's border. That's true. be saying that, too. The mm-hmm. film would have been meteor. Okay? It would have been stouter. And if they could have got Emily Blunt to come back. Oh, yeah. She was, she was really booked up. good. She was booked up. Because but she's guys, back for the third one. That's great. So, yeah. Because, I mean, those guys... And so is Benicio Del Toro. He's back for the third one. That's good. And and the the way they left, too, Mm -hmm. they have set up a powerful sequel for three. I think they'll turn it around. I really do. Oh, my goodness gracious. I really do. I really do. Yes. Yes. 
By the yes. way, have you guys been uh, on Netflix watched uh, Narcos Mexico? Of finish course. The day Did you off. finish it up? The day it's fantastic. Okay. It's what a so great good. season. Oh, my goodness. Man, that's a well, great was, TV station. It, yeah. That is I tell a you, great, what, Netflix great is such a show. great TV station. <laughs> they are such a good there broadcaster. TV station. <laughs> They're such a great TV show. But I'll tell you what, they did. Better than ABC, guys. <laughs> a lot better than ABC. Better than CBS. And I'm going to tell you what, I was really impressed with it. I finished TV it up right. yesterday. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah, I finished it up yesterday. Yeah, they, the only thing I didn't like is that all through it, They'd been basically following the historical narrative of yes. how things True. got started. Mm-hmm. True. They stopped with that final episode. Well, I think they've got to tie in something else. And I and I think that's you know, I think that's why Is that true? Because I thought when I read upon Felix um Gallardo that he did start working with the um government at that time you know nah, he, he went they caught him and he went to jail yeah. oh he yeah, is still up. in jail yeah, locked him up. Oh. Yeah, him up. in fact uh rafa raja or whatever yeah, yeah, rafa. Yeah. yeah he escaped he did while he was in jail yeah he's still nice. on the run mm-hmm. nice and the other one uh neo or no it's um neto neto yeah he's he's in house arrest now because okay. he's so sick but the three main characters, two of them are still well, they, cool in their heels. They got a good, they got a little movie coming up with uh, Kevin Costner and and uh, Woody Harrelson called Highwaymen. That'll be that'd be pretty good. That'd be on Netflix. I mean, that'd be good. You know, TV oh, movie of the week. I know that'd what you're talking about. One. Yeah, I think I just saw something like that. What's the takeoff on? Three twenty nine. Okay. So back to Dave's hometown now. Okay, back to. By the way, new urinals in the men's room, and they are great. Yes, we finished the men's room remodel in Cabot. So in Cabot, we've remodeled everything. All new restrooms, uh, all new carpet. Uh, I don't know why. He, why. he thinks it's crazy. I'm turn, talking about the I'm urinals. about the remodel restrooms. I'm talking yeah. about the urinals. Well, we just we just replaced them. <laughs> and all new partitions. and hey, uh, donate the big white men. Mirrors. And we put in some new sinks and countertops. <laughs> and uh, all new carpet and floor lights. Uh, luxury leather, electric recliners with tables and reserved seating in Cabot. We have our private club license. Be sure to pick up your free private club membership at the theater. Uh, showing this week, a Medea family funeral, How to Train Your Dragon 3, Fighting with My Family, the Lego movie, the second part, Isn't It Romantic, Aquaman, Alita Battle Angel, Happy Death Day 2. Now, we've got that full food menu in Wait, Cabot. it's Happy Death Day to you. Exactly. I appreciate that. You know what? If you were still playing Aquaman at Riverdale 10, I would go watch it again. There you go. I would. CabotVIPCinema.com. Get your advanced tickets right there. And be sure to sign up for the email newsletter. Download the free mobile app. It's one touch for your ticket buying now. Uh, be sure to uh, like us on Facebook. Follow the events there. Sign up for the free rewards program to get your points. Uh, pick up your free private club membership there at the theater. And, uh, yeah, you need to sign up for that rewards program because we want to start having a discount night for our rewards club only members. I think I need to start doing that myself. Cabot's v- CabotVIPCinema.com. And, of course, you got the free popcorn on Wednesdays and refills for just $4 throughout the week. Uh, next Friday, we have Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. Those tickets are already on sale for Thursday night's premiere show. 
on the uh, 14th, we start Wonder Park. Those tickets are on sale now. Also on the 14th, Five Feet Apart. And we have a special benefit show for some local kids in Cabot that Thursday night. Okay. And we'll have a drawing and a raffle. We'll be giving away some T-shirts. Mm-hmm. We have uh, Aurora there in the lobby, which you can pick up information about organ donations in Arkansas. Be sure to stop by on the 14th and see Five Feet Apart, purchase your ticket, and you know, uh, have a chance to win. We'll be giving away uh, food from various local restaurants and other prizes. Uh, those tickets are on sale now. Uh, also on uh, March 21st, we have Us and on March the 29th, Dumbo. And all those tickets are on sale now. CabotVIPCinema.com. Luxury leather, electric recliners with tables and reserved seating. A full food menu. And, yes, we do have uh, our private club license there. So you be know, sure to check that out. I just read the premise on uh, Five Feet Apart, and it reminded yes. me of a movie that came out a couple of years ago about the girl who was sick. You know, yes. She had to be sta- she had to be, um, she had to stay at home, basically, mm-hmm. so that she wouldn't affect anyone else. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of that, mm-hmm. of that movie. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's on sale, and we're doing a benefit that night. If you go to the Facebook page for uh, Cabot VIP Cinema and just click on events, you can get the full details there uh, of that Five Feet Apart showing on March mm-hmm. 14th. Those tickets are on sale, CabotVIPCinema.com. We've got a full list of sponsors. We'll have uh, T-shirts to give away and uh, different uh, charities there will be involved. They'll all be set up in the lobby that night at the theater. Okay, before you go any further, <clears> yes, sir. I ha- I've had uh, several different people mm-hmm. who have texted me mm-hmm. and asked when the tickets will go on sale for The Passion. Uh, I don't know. I'll okay. ask the manager. Uh, I don't now. A lot of those Dave Ellswick tickets are on sale now. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, go to Riverdale10.com and click coming soon, and you can see a list of the classic films. Now, uh, on next Tuesday, the well, no, it's the second Tuesday of the month. I guess it's March the twelfth. We'll have Casablanca at seven yeah, o'clock. Right. Uh, March the nineteenth, we have uh, set it off. Uh, the following uh, Tuesday, which I believe is March the twenty sixth, we have Shawshank Redemption. Oh. Uh, all those tickets are on sale now, Riverdale10.com. And then uh, you get into April, we have Passion of the Christ. Uh, also coming up this year, Wizard of Oz, uh, White Christmas, Terminator 2, Riverdale10.com. Click coming soon for a full list of the classic features. All right, we'll carry into the next hour. Let's go to the news with a little bit of Greta Van Fleet. You made something from nothing. This is not Prince. Sending this out to somebody. Yeah, I had to send that out to Mandy today. Happy birthday. Tell everybody who Mandy is. Mandy's it's not, my wife. Yeah. It's not a birthday. dog or anything. Happy birthday. And uh, that's Gary Clark Jr. Now, he's uh, he's playing at the Bill Street Music Festival this year. He'll be at Memphis in May. And uh, he was on Saturday Night Live a couple weeks ago. He was a musical guest when Don Cheetah was the host. And uh, this season, Saturday Night Live's had actually two real bands. They had... Uh, 
this outstanding musician here, Gary Clark Jr., the song's Pearl Cadillac. And Greta Van Fleet. That's the two they had this year. So, well, yeah, Gary Clark's exceptional. He's at the Bill Street Music Festival this year. He's playing some other festivals, too, around the nation. But Doesn't he, he lends to a feel of Prince, does he not to you? Uh, no. Does he's, he Is he no. playing the guitar? Uh, he's, he's really an actual throwback to some blues greats like uh, Chuck Berry or B.B. King. Okay. Uh, he sings. Then he lets his guitar do the talking. Then he sings. Then he lets his guitar do the talking. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, you you can, you know, when he stops singing, he'll he'll tear into that Gibson. You know, here he goes. Okay. I hear Prince. I do too. I hear it. I mean, I hear just like go back to Greta Van Fleet. When you when you listen to Greta Van Fleet, and uh, let's yeah, they bring they, that up. They, they're they're yeah, Zeppelin, they're, man. Yeah, they have they've copied Led Zeppelin like uh, mm-hmm. Avenged Sevenfold has copied Metallica. I give you that. But uh, Gary Clark Jr. is is extremely uh, blues. He is a blues musician. Mm-hmm. Uh, Prince is pop music. I don't know if I would even say that. He's blues. There's a lot of blues in Prince's stuff. Uh, Prince is closer to Madonna, whereas Gary Clark Jr. is closer to Chuck Berry or B.B. King. I mean, yeah. yeah. And then you have Greta Van Fleet, three brothers, and they come up with this sound. Love it. Here we go. They just, yeah. This kid, 18-year-old kid. If I, if I were, if I were Robert Plant, I'd be going, when did I cut that record? Because listen to this. He sounds just like Robert Plant. I'm just saying that Zeppelin should call these guys... And bring them, and bring them in, and get the rest of the remaining live members, and go out on tour. I'm just saying. Led Zeppelin. That should, guy playing the drum sounds like yeah, Bonham beating the skins, man. Led Zeppelin should be getting all the publishing and fifty yeah. percent of the royalties off every time a Greta Van Fleet song is played. <laughs> uh, basically, they're good, man. No, it's just steal all the Led Zeppelin songs, rearrange them, and put some new lyrics down. You know what you sound like? You sound like a Kobe Bryant. No, you sound like a Michael Jordan fan. You know who basically gets on Kobe Bryant fans because Kobe basically copied Michael Jordan's yeah. moves. I mean, that's what it is. <laughs> you know, that's what it is. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's it's it's. It's the sad state of rock and roll today. But, yeah, I mean, they, they're they the best Led Zeppelin copy since Kingdom Come, which when Kingdom Come was putting out albums, they called them Kingdom Clone. Kingdom um, Clone. Kingdom Clone, yeah. The band was Kingdom Come, but they were the best Led Zeppelin copy band, best Led Zeppelin cover band uh, out at the time. But they called them Kingdom Clone. But, yeah, Greta Van Fleet is I, the best Led Zeppelin cover band out there today. <laughs> That doesn't call itself a Led Zeppelin cover band. Which, which does? I'll give them that. Now, you know? if you were a cover band, if you did, if you, you were know. doing, you know, Houses of the Holy and stuff, but what they're doing is they've taken that same feel that Zeppelin had and uh, 
reinvented it a little bit for uh, millennials. They've taken Led Zeppelin's music, rearranged it, and put some new lyrics on it. Yeah, like well, it's not like, a cover band. Then. Like, uh, like, like Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan, basically. Like, like. Uh, <laughs> but no, we, but no, we, no, we, we all know. <laughs> that, we always know that the boy from uh, in like Cleveland. Like a sevenfold, you know? a sevenfold took Metallica's songs, rearranged the music. Change the lyrics up, okay? I'm serious. It's the Black Album, Avenged Sevenfold's current album. I'm not making it up. It's the Black Album, okay? Greta Van Fleet has done the exact same thing. Are you telling me? It's working. It's selling, okay? The Avenged But you can't say that's Kobe and Michael, man. I mean, Kobe had to run him down the court on his own, man, okay? He had to shoot the shots, all right? All right, he wasn't putting up a hologram of Michael Jordan out there and calling it Kobe Bryant. He actually had to play the game, man. Okay, it's not the same thing. Kobe had to play the games, but did the, he not? But the did king, he not? Okay. but the king who is now in L.A. says that. He surmounts both of them. He doesn't say that. He hasn't said that. People yeah, have said that. Exactly. But, but LeBron hasn't said that. Right. So, I mean, he does say a lot of things yeah, he's that idiot. are controversial, but he, he has not said he's better than, than Jordan. He, 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 says a lot better. Things, he says a lot of things that are underhanded. You know, he's passive aggressive. That's who he is. I agree. But he hasn't said I'm better than Michael Jordan. Right. He has not, he said, has that. not said he's better mm-hmm. than Kobe Bryant. He hasn't said that. But I will give you the passive aggressive. Well, sure. he may not say it. But everything he suggests tells you that that's what he believes. He's got to put in more work, and he's got more years to play, and then you know the records will have to speak for themselves. Right. I mean, he's when he's, I how when old I is he see, now when I thirty four when I see more rings on his fingers than Michael Jordan, then I'll say he's better than Michael Jordan. <laughs> but I mean, don't it's you think take him a while got, to do he's that? He's got four or five more years in him, man. He's, he does, but he it does. depends on his motivation because you know you look at the team around him with the Lakers. You know, they're a young team, so that's <laughs> is he going to be motivated to continue to grow and develop with those young players? No, he'll but, want them to. To, to be out there to to showcase him. But, you know, like I said, he's already 34 <laughs> years old. Right. He'll be 35, then he'll be 36. Will he? Because he went to L.A. really to make movies and to be, I think, become more of a... You don't uh, think he'll play another four or five years? I think he'll play another... I'll give him three years. Okay. It really depends on motivation for LeBron James because he'll keep himself in great shape. He'll yes. play at a high level. Yes. He may not be the best player like he is right now, but he could be at least top five. And... Make his team win. Exactly. He can play until he's 39, 40 years old. It depends on his motivation. It really does. So <laughs> you're saying that Steph Curry is the same way as LeBron is? No, Steph Curry, you know, he's a different player. That cat's yeah, motivated. Yeah, but I mean, he's, you know. That cat's motivated. Right. You know, he's got, I mean, he's won three yes. wins now. And, yes, you know, he's, that's he's how on long fire. He, he, nobody talks about that. How motivated so, he no, is? No, 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 no. Nobody talks about how Steph Curry, I, I feel, leaves LeBron in the dust because he's got three rings on his fingers, and LeBron has what one? But he's not LeBron James. You know, he's. I mean, Steph Curry is a great player. Yes, he's a great player, and he yes. he impacts the floor with his three point abilities. Yes, I mean that he's the greatest ever at shooting. Yes, but he's not LeBron James. And he, correct. Yeah, that's right. He's got page. three rings, and LeBron's got one. LeBron won that ring by himself. I mean, let's be honest about that whole thing there. And and, and, and the fact that he went back to Cleveland and what he did. I mean, he carried that 
championship with no help. Okay. Well, he he had, he, he had Kyrie Irving, but that one championship in Cleveland. Yes, means that's so what I'm much. talking about. It means so much. I mean, like I say, you know, <laughs> Curry has been on some great teams. Yes. And, you know, being on great teams, you know, people like to take away from an individual player if you're on great teams. When you look at LeBron James, outside of Kyrie Irving, if you look at that Cleveland Cavaliers team who won about three years ago, I guess a 72, no, 73 and 9 How Golden State many Warriors championships? <laughs> I mean, just would saying. the teams that Curry was on would have won their championships if he had been not on that oh, team? Oh, I want to give him a championship. Well, hold up. Nope. No. Maybe a couple no. of years ago. Maybe. Because the whole way that you set up your defense and everything when Curry plays, you got to stretch your defense you and whatnot. You it do. changes the whole complexion of he the game. Does. So bottom line is three rings versus one. Versus one? LeBron. One. LeBron's got one ring. He's got three rings. Right, right. You're not oh, well, no, Miami. No, he's got, he's got, right? Yeah, he's got the Cleveland. Are you going to use hold those two rings against <laughs> him? Yeah, no, kinda. Because people hold Steph Curry's rings against him. You know, he's been on some great teams. Better teams than LeBron James. Yes, mm-hmm. he has had better teams. They he's wins. had better teams. They the win. Cleveland ring, he got Look, by himself. If you guys want to sit <laughs> no. and slop on no, LeBron no, James, go that. right I'm ahead. Not I'm not that. even a LeBron James fan. No, well, I'm that's not, pretty easy not to be. You know, I'm Michael Jordan. That's who is my, you know, he's Thank my you. number one player all the time. It would never change. I would always love Michael Jordan. Thank but it's not, it's not LeBron. That's not his greatest player. LeBron's no, greatest I'm not player saying is that. LeBron. Well, oh, I, I'm, I don't know. Well, come on. I, what, what I'm saying is, what you I'm know what is, I'm saying. Who does he talk about okay. more? Himself. What great player <laughs> would uphold themselves in okay. such a high manner? What great okay. player wouldn't do that? All yeah. I'm saying is this, okay? Curry's had help. He's been on some good teams. Yes, great teams. Yes, mm-hmm. he's had a lot of great players with him. And LeBron had a lot of help in Miami. He sure did. For those two rings. Mm-hmm. But the Cleveland ring is all LeBron by himself. Maybe that one guy showed up and got him a drink of water. Maybe. Okay. Kyrie Irving was very impactful in that series. Okay. 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 I'll, I'll, I'll give him very but impactful. I, but I give you that, you know, LeBron James, you know, Made for the happen. most part, moved home. Carried the team yes. through sheer willpower, That's got right. Cleveland a championship. That's right. Okay? That is, you can't take that from the guy. you got to give him that one prop. If no. someone that wanted, one thing. If someone he did make, give Cleveland that. If someone wanted to make the argument. Where he grew up. If they wanted to make an argument that the 2016 championship ring against the 73-9 and Golden State Warriors for Cleveland, out of all the cities, Cleveland, Ohio. If you give them that, if you make the argument that that one championship means more than all three of Steph Curry's, well, hey, you know, you could say that. You really could make the argument. You could. Steph Curry has been on some great teams. Matter of fact, when they won in 2015 against LeBron James, when he returned to Cleveland, he didn't win Finals MVP, Steph Curry. He didn't win it. It was well, Andre Iguodala. If you're going to use that, then you got to go back with Michael Jordan. And. Would Nobody's he, doubting but, that Michael was the greatest of all time. No, 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 Nobody's no, 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 no. doubting that. Saying, We're all on does, the same page there. Can, no, no. But, everybody can use that exact argument then to say that Michael wasn't the greatest player, which I don't believe that. Right. All right, I, mm-hmm. I saw Jordan play many, many games in yeah. Chicago. But the bottom line is, you know, where would he have been if he hadn't had, you know, his right-hand man or or the outside shooting that he had? LeBron James, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, those players would be great nonetheless. So even without the championship rings, that's true. those just add more impact to their yes. resume. That's all they do. Tim Duncan, Shaquille O'Neal, they're great players. Now, you know, 
you know, people are going to use the ring argument to bring up Robert Horry, who has won seven championship rings. And they're going to say, okay, if you're going to make the argument that Jordan is better than LeBron because he has three more championship rings, where they're going to bring up Robert Horry, who has one more championship ring than Michael. Mm-hmm. But he, again, he's not those players. We bring, he happened to be on those teams exactly. to get those seven rings. Exactly. He was in the right place at the right time. But these were the cornerstones of franchises for years. Right. And, we got to take a break. The Cleveland right. thing... Was, you can tune into the buzz later tonight. <laughs> no, all right. Man, it's come a, on. It's the Dave Ellswick show here. Win, man. It's a Dave Ellswick show <laughs> here on 101.1 FM. All right, back talking about movies again and over to Matt Riverdale 10. Hey, all right, Riverdale10.com. Now, be sure to hit the website, and we've got over 40 different beers, eight different wines. We've got a full food menu there at Riverdale. <clears throat> Showing this week. Greta, brand new today. Also showing a Medea family funeral. Also new film today. Uh, still holding How to Train Your Dragon 3. The Best Picture Oscar winner, Green Book. They Shall Not Grow Old. Arctic. Bathtubs Over Broadway. Alita Battle Angel. Isn't It Romantic? And What Men Want. That's Riverdale10.com. Luxury leather electric recliners with tables and reserved seating. Buy your advance tickets right there. What's this uh, movie, Bathtubs Over Broadway? That is a documentary uh, that deals with people making plays and (laughs) musicals uh, for businesses. And the people that are in the theatrical arts, people that are in the musicals, and people that are in the plays have really enjoyed that documentary. Gotcha. Uh, It's really cool. Riverdale10.com. Get your advance tickets right there. Of course, we got free popcorn on Wednesday. Sign up to get our rewards points. Uh, Like us on Facebook. Download the free Theater Group mobile app for one-touch ticket buying from your phone. And, of course, sign up for the email newsletter. And the links to all that is at Riverdale10.com. Classic movies for the month of March. Casablanca, March the 12th. Set It Off, March the 19th. And Shawshank Redemption, March the 26th. Those tickets are on sale at Riverdale10.com. Just hit Coming Soon. And you can see all the classic movies we're playing for the rest of the year, including White Christmas, Wizard of Oz, uh, Terminator 2, Riverdale10.com. Now, tickets are on sale for Captain Marvel, which starts on the 8th. Uh, also on the 8th, we'll have Climax exclusively at Riverdale 10. Yes. Look uh, forward to that. <clears throat> also on the 8th, we'll have Everybody Knows with Javier Bardem and Penelope Cruz. That's also exclusively at Riverdale 10. Uh, on the 15th, Wonder Park. On the 21st, Us from the same team that brought you the movie Get Out. Mm -hmm. And, of course, on the 29th, Dumbo. Uh, Also coming up on the 15th, Captive State. So go to Riverdale10.com and click Coming Soon to buy your advance tickets. That that movie, Us, Mm -hmm. you know, the first movie, the Get Out, Mm -hmm. all right, Mm -hmm. was more a psychological thriller than it was a a blood and guts kind of thing. Mm -hmm. This new one looks more blood and guts than thriller. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it. It looks like he... He got a yes. little bit more aggressive with this movie. Okay, now I know you know. Like I said, um, Jordan Peele—that's his name, right? The producer and director. Yes, yes, Peele. absolutely. I think, but these two movies are not connected, right? No. But, okay, just making sure. No, they're not. They're not connected. But it's interesting because it's all about doppelgangers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm all into that. I love oh, yeah. that oh, kind yeah. of stuff. That's <clears throat> that's just a new twist on Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Yeah, it should be a great film, and it looks to be more. 
I don't know. It, the, the trailer's frightening Horror-ish. to me. The straight the trailer yeah. is frightening it's to me. It's going to be scarier. Yeah, I think it's going to be scarier. I yeah. think it's going to frighten people more. I think. Um, I think the scare was a slow build that's, in and get out because right, people yeah. are trying to figure out what's going on mm-hmm. with this thing before they're like, whoa, and then they just freaked out on that deal. Yeah. Right. With this, I think maybe from the jump it's gonna scare. Yeah, it looks yeah. like it's kinda, coming to get you. And and you know, you know I think uh, was get out was I think get out was PG thirteen. This is R. This is R. Us is R. Us is R. Us looks to be more of a whoa. I mean, yeah. I think it's going to be shockingly different to people. I'm, out, I'm looking forward to it. Get out was rated R. Was it? Okay, it, but now I know Us it really? is rated R. It was R. rated R, but it didn't feel that way. No, it didn't. It, it did didn't. not. I, I guess it was like the slow boil, but you're yeah. watching that and you're like, what's up with this? <laughs> And that's right. It and you're like, it's what, playing with what, your mind. What, what, what yeah. See, I liked it because it had the great twists in it. Oh, man. That's right. A great twist mm-hmm. was way over the top. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then when Dude was in that chair, I'm yeah. like, whoa. Okay. Oh, my God. What's it I called? Mean, the Upside Down? Or what was it called? When he sat down in the chair and went to that other zone, what was that called? They called it something. Referred oh, it to wasn't something. the Upside Down because that's no. Stranger Things. That's Stranger Things. Yeah. Okay. It was yeah. referred to something else. Oh, I can't remember. Gosh. But then you knew, like, they got him. They sure did. They got him. But, I mean, you were like, what, 45 minutes in at that point, maybe? An hour Mm -hmm. in? And then the last 20 minutes of that thing. Oh, my goodness gracious. She was reading the magazine. It just freaked me out, the last 20 minutes. Are you serious? so good, man. And it was cutting edge, man. (laughs) It was like nobody had done something like that before. And they just sucked you into that Are we hearing anything uh, new about uh, The Strangers? Are we going to get a part three? I think it comes out in July. Oh, I believe it comes out on Independent. Yes, uh, season three. It would be. Not Stranger Things. Okay, not Stranger Things. The Strangers. The Strangers. I don't know. You know, the killers? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. That show up and, you know, just, uh, you know. Pick up a couple and decide to. I don't know. Go out and kill them. I don't, I don't know. You got okay. Me. I don't know. I mean, I thought, the first two have done very well. I thought you were talking about Stranger Things. You're like a Trump tweet or something. <laughs> <laughs> Some Trump tweet about Riverdale10.com to get your advanced tickets right there, guys. And again, this week we've got Greta, a Medea family funeral, How to Train Your Dragon three, Oscar winner Green Book for Best Picture. Yeah, you guys got to sit there. Showing exclusively, they shall not grow old. Also showing exclusively Arctic. Also exclusively at Riverdale 10, Bathtubs Over Broadway. Still showing Alita Battle Angel, Isn't It Romantic, and What Men Want. Go to Riverdale10.com, download the free mobile app, sign up for the email newsletter, like us on Facebook and follow events, and of course, uh, click coming soon to see all the Dave Ellswick classics. Riverdale10.com, over 40 different beers, 8 different wines, and a full food menu. You know, remember 2008, The Strangers with Liv right. Tyler. Mm-hmm. All right. And then 2018, the uh, the sequel comes out, and it's The Strangers Pray at Night. Gotcha. That's when they, the guy killed one of them. Not Babyface, but the other ones. Are you familiar with what I'm talking about yet? Have you been able to put it? Still not of the caliber of Get Out. No, I'm not saying that. And I still think Us like is going to be like of them. that caliber. Well, I think Us is going to be better than Get Out. To be I honest don't, man, you. I don't know. Ooh, I don't ready. know. That's, that's a big declaration. That's a, that's a big declaration right there. That's All like right. saying they're going to record Appetite again. Matt, <laughs> thanks, see it. thanks for coming <laughs> by, brother. We meet, we appreciate you coming. Here's the news. <laughs> That's I don't huge, think it'll be better than that. Yeah, I like, think it'll be different. I don't think it'll be better than that. Ooh, that's a huge declaration right there. All right, we're back with you. I've asked Zach to stick around with this couple of new shows uh, that are well, they're not new. They've been around. They've been around for a couple of months now. 
but they're, they're pretty good and they're definitely different yeah all right the first one being the umbrella academy mm-hmm. it came out a couple of weeks ago on netflix i guess it is an original series right yes it is okay and you know like it says based on basically one day in 1989 43 women are randomly pregnant they become you know pregnant for whatever reason and so um you know seven of them gets adopted by this billionaire i forgot his name Reginald Hargraves, that's his name. Mm-hmm. Seven of those children, babies get um, adopted, and then he basically uh, mentors them or develops them into um, his children. Yeah. And they have. And their, he didn't give them names, he gave them numbers. Numbers. It kind of reminds me of Codename Kids Next Door. Yeah. There's no the Cartoon Network series, which you probably wouldn't like at all because it's anime as well. But, you know, he gave them numbers, and they all have their different gifts. However, you know, number seven, you know, of his children supposedly doesn't have a gift. But as you watch the show and it goes along, she probably does. Yeah, that's Ellen Page. Ellen Page. And, God, you know, you can tell she plays that character well because you really can't read her. No. You can't. Her face expressions. Um, she, it, yeah, she's good in the movie. Yeah. And so's Tom Hooper. Yes. Yeah, you're yeah. right about He's that. He's playing Luther. I do love Luther. I do. And um, but like I said, you know, they all have their gifts. And, you know, he I guess, I, you know, I would kind of say that, you know, they're ranked one through seven based on their gifts. Because Luther, you know, he has the um, the and the gorilla body and he's more of a leader. Yeah. And plus, you know, he stands the part. You know, you look at him. He looks the part as a leader of the children of the academy, basically. Right. And so then you have number two is Diego. He's skilled. He can do everything. He can box, can fight. Throw knives and make him bend. Exactly. But he also might be the most, um, besides Klaus, he might be the most emotional of the group. Well, yeah, because you, you you watch that what he does in his real life time yeah. is striking out at the people that have struck out at them. Mm-hmm. That's right. It's kind of interesting. And then you have Allison. She's number three. She had a um, she had a husband. She has a daughter, but because she used her powers to control her daughter, then they, you know her daughter was taken away from. Her. Yeah. You know it was used against her, and so now she's all alone basically, and she's trying to find her place. It's a it's, it's a dysfunctional family. The that's one what that's they are. the most dysfunctional is Klaus. You know, and you can kind of understand because you know he can. Talk to the dead. Yeah. He can hear their cries. In fact, he talks to one of his brothers ben, who is dead. Who's number, um, I think he's number six. Yeah. Ben is number six. Now, I don't know what Ben can do, but he's dead. And however, even though he's dead, he's a part of the show because I guess those two were the closest. But number five is the one who basically, you know, he could time travel. Mm-hmm. And he did when they were probably around the age of eight years old, probably, or something like and that. And he has come back. He's come back. He, he, he was gone mm-hmm. for what twenty something years. Twenty something years comes back mm-hmm. and says, "I'm back," and the world is going to end in like twelve days. That's right, twelve days. And you know, he he keeps it a secret. He harbors it because he really doesn't believe that anyone can help him. You know, as far as stopping you know this upcoming apocalypse. But as the shows goes on, more of his uh, family members become aware of the fact that you know this is going to happen and then you just see you see a dysfunctional family kind of come back together because they were together when they were children yeah but they're really not a family they're they're not but they are yes you know you know it's it's an academy they are the beginning if i remember in episode one someone put it that they're the beginning of the new age or something like yes uh, of the new um humans or whatever here's the key this is a has a feel of the X Men. Yes, 
I've seen those comparisons and I do agree with you about. But would you say they're superhumans or are they just? I don't know what to say about them because I don't know how the mothers became pregnant. That is true. That is very true. And that, how did, that had to be some kind of outside force involved in that. And how did Reginald Hargraves know where they were? Yes. How did he know? And so I'm thinking he maybe, I don't know, did he actually, is he the cause of all this? I don't know, but he's he's dead, you know, from episode one, we learned yeah. that he's dead. And there's it's a mystery. The show is really a mystery. You know, what's going to cause the apocalypse and what happened to their father, even though he was kind of cold hearted. Well, I haven't seen it yet. I just happened to flip this on in IMDb. Yeah. I'm going to go listen to this interview. Mm-hmm. Have you heard about the interview in here? Between who? The stars of Netflix's new superhero series. Okay. The Umbrella Academy. Mm-hmm. Talk about going head to head with the greatest heroes in the MCU mm. and the DC Extended Universe. Wow. So now I definitely want to go listen to this. Okay particular interview and see what they're saying about it it is interesting because like i say you're right they remind you of the x-man they really yeah. do and but you what know are the, they trying to do yeah and like i said the show is really it's really overall it's a mystery you know it's two major mysteries between what happened to the father how did he die and also you know what's going to cause the apocalypse but you know like i say within all of that that's those two central themes you have this dysfunctional group of family members even though they're not Flesh and blood, you know, brothers and sisters, but they are family because they were brought up in one household and they all have their, you know, their gifts. And um, it's an interesting show. It's very different. I yeah. Mean, I, let me just say that when you go into this, you got to go into it with an open you mind do. because you do. it doesn't have a narrative style like what you're used to exactly. at all. It's not even non linear right. it's just all over the place and it, re- it really is i mean you have luther coming from the moon you're like why is he living on the moon yeah you know okay now we know why mm-hmm. and then you know diego like i say you know he he wanted to run away because like i said his mother she wasn't losing her mind or whatever even though she's ai yeah you know you find you figure that out and yeah. then there's a to be honest there's a really moving point and a moving plot line in this about the mother. That is right, because, you know, in episode two or three, well, I really don't want to spoil it. No, you don't you. want to talk about that part of it. I don't. I'm, so, I'm, I'm not far enough along to know who the two people that show up oh, in there yet exactly mm, who are they. Who are they? Do you yeah. want their names? I can't remember. What's her name? Okay, because uh, Mary J. Blige plays the, one of the characters. Mary she, J. Blige, yeah. She plays um, Cha-Cha. That's her name. Okay. And her um, partner is um, Hazel, even though he's a male, big dude, yeah. you know, strong, but his name is Hazel. You know, that's funny. Mm-hmm. So th- those are their names. And now, are they from the future? I don't want to spoil Okay, I'm sure you. they're from the future because they're looking for the, the number five. Number who five. Time travel to the future. Exactly. Yep. And so, like I said, I really don't want to spoil anything for you, but those, it's a, it's a mystery. That's really what the show, from the get-go, you kind of figure out, this is a mystery, you know. Yeah, they'll give you little snippets of stuff, mm-hmm. and you got to kind of put it together yourself. You really do. So how many how many episodes for the first season? Um, Ten episodes. Okay, and, and you've I've, gotten through how many? I just watched number five this morning. Okay, so, so I've gotten through four. Okay. So I'm one behind you. Yeah. Well, you should know much more about Chachan Hazel. Yeah, well, now, you know, I was 
I was there when they went to the house and whatnot. Oh, my goodness. I've seen all of that. Yeah. Is that four? Is that's four? episode three or four. Yeah. One of the two. That's what I'm saying. That's where I've ended at. So mm-hmm. you got to go back and, and check it out. My favorite parts of each episode, because they always have one scene where the music is playing. Yes. And the music is playing, and whether, you know, in episode one, they were all dancing in the household, and they the camera pulled back. And it showed them all in their in their each in those separate rooms. In their separate rooms, dancing and stuff. to the same song. Yeah. that was fantastic. Episode two, I believe it was um, a department for a fight, department store fight between number five and Cha Cha and Hazel, and then. But like I said, every episode has that one scene where it just stands out above the rest. Yeah. Now, when you watch this, the first episode is slow. I'm going to tell you right now, it's slow. Really. I thought it was kind of slow, but that scene that you're talking about where they pull back and they're all dancing, yeah. It, what is interesting is that you pick up the different personalities of each character because of the way that they're dancing. That is true. And plus, I mean, the way Ellen Page is dancing is hilarious, <laughs> if you can call that dancing. That's not dancing. Yeah, no. it's not dancing. No, it's not. But, you know, it's also when you go into their rooms... And then, you know, I mean, but really from the get-go, you can tell who they kind of are. You know, Luther basically coming back home and accusing them mm-hmm. of, you know, of at least one of them of killing, of, of killing their father. Yeah. You could already tell from the get-go, this guy's, you know, he's, he's you know, he's has the stature. He's going to tell you how he feels, basically. Mm-hmm. And he's not going to be afraid of anyone because he has this amazing strength. Man, he's a huge dude. He's a huge guy. And then you have from Allison, you know, from, you know, the different dialogue going on, her getting upset because her husband has her daughter and they're doing these different things and blah, blah, blah. She was kind of the girl who had it her way, basically. So the question becomes, which MCU character are they mimicking in this show? Man, you know, I think Luther kind of reminds me of, from my short um, experience of watching him, um, the guy from Deadpool, the big uh, titanium guy. um, What is his name? Gosh. Colossus. Colossus. He reminds me of Colossus a little bit because, like I say, you know, he's a leader. You know, he's got the stature. He's got but the But couldn't look. he be kind of Wolverine? Uh, I, no, I don't think so. Okay. No. I think Ellen is Dr. X. You think so? Yeah, she's the cerebral one. I would, I would actually compare her more to uh, either... Because I haven't got, I haven't seen what she can do. You know, mm-hmm. if she has any gifts, she probably right, does. Right. But she could be more Magneto, or because she's hard to read, so she could be more Magneto, or she could be the um, what's the character with that turns blue and has the blue skin and the um, brown hair? Uh, was it Mis- not Mystique? Uh, yeah, Mystique is, is the Mystique? one that had the blue skin change change what she looked like. Yeah, she kind of rem- like say. More of those two than Doctor X. Okay, you know I can't. I don't. The mind part, what you're talking about, I don't think so. She's like I said, she's hard to read. All right, we got to get a break in. Let's get the break, and then we'll come back, and we'll talk a little bit more about this. Then there's another show I've been watching, and I'm hanging with it. I don't know if I'll stay with it, but I've been hanging with it here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back uh, with you. The movie that uh, just dropped on Netflix last week called The Drug. King. The drug king. It is a true story about a guy uh, that knew a whole lot about gold mm-hmm. and uh, ends up as a huge kingpin, drug kingpin, of running uh, meth yeah. to Japan. And, and the reason it happened 
like it happened is because during World War II, the Japanese government was dousing their soldiers and their kamikaze pilots with methamphetamines mm. because it makes you feel invincible. Yeah. All right. And we all know enough about World War II to know that the Japanese were beaten and it took, you know, two atomic weapons to make them finally give up. Yeah. And before that, they, you know, they were just doing wild stuff and making them in their, their soldiers into crazy people. Yeah. Well, once the war was over, then they quit giving the soldiers this stuff and the soldiers were addicted to it. Yeah. And so they wanted it. And so uh, there's this guy in what's now South Korea who ends up being the big kingpin mm-hmm. of getting this stuff into Japan. Gotcha. So that's the background of mm-hmm. it. And it's a true story. And with true stories, here's what I want. If you're going to take on the, the case of recreating a time period, yeah. you cannot, you can't cut it shy. You've got to go the full Monty on it. You can't have enough information, basically. Yeah, you, I mean, it's, if, if you're going to say, this is the time, the key was, they've. I watched 40 minutes of the movie, yeah. and I couldn't get pulled into the story because I couldn't believe that it was the time that they said it was. Gotcha. Okay. I'm going to have to check it out then. I mean, they have like two or three songs in it that they play that are of the of the time frame, and yeah. then they got other songs that they throw in there, and they go, where did that come from? <laughs> you know, it just takes you right out of the story yeah. at that point. So I, gotcha. I, I don't know if I'll watch the rest of it or not. I'm not, mm-hmm. uh, not thrilled. However, while we got just a few minutes, I want to... If if you were like me, I'm a big look. I grew up in the in the seventies in the theater, and that's when uh, the the black exploitation movies were going and things of that nature, and the the, the chop suey or the kung fu movies mm-hmm. had come up, and action was what it was all about, yeah. and it was violent action for that most part. This movie I had heard about the guy who is the martial arts expert in this is a guy from Thailand. And if you've ever seen the movie The Raid, mm-hmm. you know this guy is amazing. Absolutely. I mean, everybody loves Tony Jaa, but I'm telling you, I'll take this guy over Jaa any right. day. You know, I mean, and he's not fighting for elephants all the time. So the bottom <laughs> line is, is that um, it's you got to see this movie. If you're a martial arts guy, mm-hmm. if you're an action guy, if you like it brutal, this movie delivers it intends it's disgusting <laughs> it's disgusting i mean from the get-go but i mean it just like i say it was one the one of the fight scenes where they were at the um at the coat uh not the coat shop but the uh ch- the shop where they were the butcher shop yeah. whatever and the guy it looked like um how did it go because i texted to you immediately after i saw it and i compared it to another film that i watched i, I can't even think of it at the moment but that one spot i was like Oh my goodness gracious! I thought they couldn't go be even more brutal. Yeah, you're gonna think they can go past where they've been, and yeah. they just keep on going they past keep it, climbing. And I was like, goodness gracious! It's nonstop. It is nonstop. The closest movie that I've seen that way was a South Korean movie uh-huh. called "I Saw the Devil." Got, that's right. You were on. Mm-hmm. I, I've told you about this. Yeah. It used to be on Netflix, and it's they've pulled it down. Mm-hmm. I'm just telling you that movie is beyond the pale too and i'm gonna find it on amazon see if they have it because the bottom line of that movie is a serial killer kills a detective's wife yeah 
the detective goes after the serial killer and he decides that the only way he'll catch the serial killer yeah. is to become gotcha. the serial killer. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've heard people talk about that, yeah. that track serial killers. Mm-hmm. I forget what the guy, Paul Paul Douglas, I think is his name, the guy that came up with you know, the, the way that they uh, profile those guys. Mm-hmm. He said that is why he got away from it because he had to become them to understand them. I believe that Netflix series Mindhunter talks yeah, about a lot that. like that but also you know the, the show me and uh, Matt were talking about with luther yeah it basically he had to because before the show even begins you know he's chasing this one um serial killer whatever and he feels like you know he's a um he's a cop he's a detective that you can trust but he's the one you really don't want to lean on because he's going to do the risky stuff to right. find his guys right and so you know the department wants to go by the book and like i said you go you know you have to become who you're trying to chase. Yeah, you, to understand Understand, them. exactly. Because they don't think like us. Exactly. Yeah, are they coming out with another uh, part two of that series where it shows how they pulled together all, they went out and interviewed all the serial killers? Mindhunter? Yeah. I th- I mean, it's been going to be two years it's this got, year. They got to do another one. Because it was very good. Oh, my Lord. The one that they did on Richard Speck was yes. incredible. Mm-hmm. When he's talking to the guy and just throws the bird up into the fan. Oh, and who's, oh. the, and who's the big guy with the glasses that I'm trying to think of at the moment? I can't think of his name, but he's the big guy. You know, yeah. you would think he's the most sweet, innocent guy, but like, no, this is a killer. You yes, know? Yeah, you start talking to him, you can hear it. Was he the Green River killer? I don't think so. When okay. I hear his name, I would definitely know who he is. But, yeah. you know, those guys just stand out, basically. But the spec one, and and I, I'm, I'm more prone to that because I got a personal story. My brother was out in cal city one night which is between east chicago and chicago okay and he was sitting at a bar and was talking to the guy and blah 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 and the guy says well i got things i gotta do and he says here and he paid for their drinks and he walked out and my brother sees the next day the chicago tribune and they got a picture on the front page and it was richard speck he had been drinking with for that hour that is wild yeah that has got to oh my goodness gracious yeah. so anyway that just really my brother to this day hardly can talk about that wow and that's got to mess with your mind so, yeah because right he he kind of pieced it together when they when they when he left it was about one thirty in the morning mm-hmm. and uh, they think that the murders occurred sometimes after after three o'clock so he w- must have went from where they were at right to where the the nurses were staying had to have and and did the murder the, wow. the, the killing of the eight or, so basically so murders. basically he did this one good deed before he yeah. did all weird that. man just a weird story but that the way that they portrayed speck that's the way he was he was very when the people would talk to him yeah he showed no emotion he, and then you would say something that would click inside of him mm-hmm. and he'd come unglued oh my goodness gracious yeah so anyway Interesting. I did not. Wow. Interesting. Yeah, my brother Johnny. He won't even tell the story. I've tried to get him to come on the air and talk, tell the story. He won't talk about it. I can tell you. I can understand him. Made his, I, made his blood run cold, as the old saying goes. <sighs> All right. Coming up in the next hour, Tim Lim's on his way. Josh is on his way, and Mark's on his way, and the geeks will be here. Shane might even stop by. That's all coming up on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back with you, Dave Ellswick Show. Tim Lim is here. Good to have him back. He has been out of uh, the state for a while. Yeah. You've been hanging out down in Texas. Yeah, for a month. You've been shooting your guns? (laughs) No, but I will tell you something very cool about 
being there is how many people open carry. It's, it's <laughs> normal. You go to any yeah. convenience store, you go to the mall, and people have their holsters out, and it's what, you know, and it's not become society. like the old west. They're not <laughs> dead bodies all over the streets. Armed society is a polite society. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I do. Typically, too. Mm-hmm. typically. So, what have you been? You know, I mean, your your wife has been studying, is what you what I you told me before you disappeared. <laughs> yeah, she had an exam and she passed. Good, thank God. That's that's good, but that's something that they have to take as residents. So she has. Okay, so now, what what is she studying to be? She's a surgeon. So oh. she's a surgery resident. She's a surgeon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, sign me up that if I ever have to be cut on, I'll let your wife do She's it. She's probably listening right now. She can, she'll can she take that as a big compliment. I hope she'll, so. She'll cut you up anytime. Yeah, and so you back you together, too. You know, you can, you can do my next open heart surgery, which okay. I hope never happens. <laughs> yeah, knock on wood. <laughs> yeah, we don't want don't to repeat that in May, the thir- three years in May. Wow. So it's been, it's been a while. And it was funny because I remember when you had that, too. Uh, it was it was a kind of a process of having to recover. Yeah, but I came back in two weeks. You did. Yeah. That's what people couldn't believe. My high, doctor didn't believe high it. High pain tolerance. <laughs> your, your teeth, too. We've had several discussions. Yeah, about. so anyway. But, yeah, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. That's not – I mean, how do you – do you work under somebody? I mean, I mean, it's it's not – it's kind of like working on a car when you're thinking about the human body or whatever. Mm-hmm. So you got a – you know, a human. It's not a piece of machinery. But I, you know, mechanics tip, typically work under other mechanics that know a whole lot more than they do, and and they watch how they do things, and then they kind of mimic those things. And is that how being a surgeon is it? Like, would your wife come on and talk about that sometime? Yeah, she was in town. Yeah, yeah. for sure. She'll, when is she going to be back from Texas? Uh, I think she'll be back again sometime in April. Wow, we're, we're actually going up to D.C. the week of April the eighth. And then that's got to be this has got to be how long have you guys been married? Uh, two, three years. We got married four days after the election. So 2016. Wow, man. Yeah. This has got to be tough on a young marriage to be (laughs) separated like this. It's not, believe it or not. Really? Yeah. Even when I was there, I mean, I don't see her during the day because she works these crazy hours when she, whenever we see each other, it's for like two hours at night. And it's normally just enough to say how our day went, eat dinner, watch a little bit of television. And then that's it. Do you ever get scared when she comes up and she's like, how you doing, darling? And she starts pushing on your side. And, <laughs> well, that's actually you kind know of, your gallbladder feels a little inflamed. There. <laughs> that's, actually, that's actually kind of a funny thing because she does do stuff like that because she, she knows exactly like where on the human body you can be ticklish enough. So she'll poke me like oh, you know, man. kind of like behind here. That's not fun. <laughs> that's cheating. Yeah, it is cheating. But <laughs> no, she's she's a funny gal. Um, it's it's funny because before we were on the air, we we're talking about like violence and movies and stuff. So yeah. she deals with trauma and having to stitch oh, wow. people back together uh, who were in accidents and stuff. And she likes it. I mean, to her, it's just a day at the office, blue collar work. But she does not like violence in movies. And I asked her, "Well, you see blood and guts like on a daily basis." Yeah, but that's real blood and guts. Not- it, well, she says that she can. She can piece together the trauma. She just doesn't like seeing it occur. Occur. Okay. Yeah. So that's a very interesting way of looking at things, I guess. Yeah. We were. Tr- I was just telling him about the movie we were talking about in the last uh, half hour, the South Korean movie. Not. Nope. Thailand movie. And the Thais are starting to make themselves uh, a real uh, niche 
in the martial arts movies, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like uh, you would think, what was it, uh, what was it in Bloodsport? Kind of that kind of a feel yeah. of movies. If if, if, you don't, if you don't know what Bloodsport is, watch the movie. It's about, you know, Thai boxing is what it's about. Yeah, and the, the Thai, they have their own unique fighting style, yeah. obviously, and it, it lends itself to cinema. It's beautifully choreographed. You have... Actually, within the last decade, you basically only had two franchises that um, got notoriety in the States. You had Ong Bak, which I think... Ong Bak. Ong Bak. That's Ja. That's Tony Ja. ja. Tony ja. And, and he's then, great. And then you had um, The Raid. Yeah. Hui, whatever his name is. I forget how he pronounces his yes. name. Yeah, And he's in this movie I'm telling you about. Okay, good. And, I'll uh, check it out then. He was in Mile 22. Yeah. And but, he's good and he speaks much better English than Tony Jean <laughs> does. And that and that's important. Mm-hmm. That's what held back uh not Michelle Yao but um uh, what was it uh, Hidden Tiger Crashing Dragon uh, Dragon Tiger, yeah. The the young Chinese girl yes, that was in it. Uh-huh. It re- she's a tremendous martial artist and a tremendous actress. Right. However, she really struggled learning English and that's why she never broke out in uh, in america and the, the problem though uh, and this is why i think that uh thailand and chinese cinema they do have a unique opportunity to make a lot of money on the international stage is so when we what, for example my my parents are retired and they watch a lot of netflix but they watch a lot of oh, yeah. british television yeah and i asked them why <laughs> particularly yeah. because i'm not too fond of it and they say it's interesting because they can take some pretty bland titles, but because their actors are so good, it's almost mesmerizing and captivating. And I told them a lot of it has to do with the culture of um, how Australians and the British look at cinema. They're thespians. They go to specific yeah. schools to be actors. That's why the caliber of acting is so good. Well, for Chinese cinema, you actually go through like the, the Peking Opera House. You actually go through a, a set school for martial arts. And so, oh, really? Yeah, the greats, like Jet Li. Um, what, what's the other guy's name? He, he's really uh, Donnie Yen. Donnie um, Yen, yeah. Bruce Lee. They, yeah. All, they all went through this kind of Peking Opera House to study martial arts, par- primarily for entertainment purposes. And so some, the reason it suffers a lot of times when it comes to the U.S. is you know how right now we're in this mode of fast editing. You don't get to see a full uh, fight scene choreographed with the no. camera just stationary. They'll pull, they'll pull it's away. It's all cuts. It's all cuts, right. And I think that that's why movies like On Back and uh, The Raid were so popular were because you got to see everything. And I think that for, for them to make a bigger splash on our stage, um, they need to capitalize on that and just tell themselves, hey, you know, this is what audiences liked a decade ago. Let's give it to them. I mean, heck, that's kind of how Jackie Chan became yeah, really so famous. Great. Was yeah, he, he was, was able to great. he was able to mix his choreography with comedy, and it was a good recipe. Yeah, um, hold on one second here. Let me get the name of this guy that we're talking about here. Uh, the raid, the raid. It's the raid, man. Come on, there it is. Okay. Iko I K O U W A I S. You was Iko Was. Yeah, Iko Was or whatever. I don't know, but this guy is the real deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like. I got to think that if you saw the outtakes of the raid or the raid two or even mile twenty two or this movie I was just mentioning to you, uh, 
people got hurt. Yeah, <laughs> doing the movie. Right, like it, it looks painful because they don't pull the punches sometimes. Mm-hmm. And that was my big gripe with um, Iron Fist on Netflix. So Iron Fist is supposed to be the king of kung fu, at least in the Marvel universe. Yes. You would think that they would get someone with enough chops where you are going to be in for a treat when you see this visually. Yeah. If they had this guy, yeah. you'd been in for a treat. It's like the Green Hornet when Bruce Lee mm-hmm. played Cato. I mean, come on. that was Everybody was waiting for Cato to show up. They didn't care if the Green Hornet showed up or not. <laughs> yeah, that's why they didn't care when Seth Rogen took over it in, yeah. in, in, the, um, in the, the last movie. movie. Yeah. yeah, it was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> it was terrible. But the, the TV version of it, of course... You know, look, uh, Bruce Lee got screwed, uh, you know, when it came to uh, the one that they gave the part to, oh, I'm trying to think of his name now. He played in Kill Bill. Mm-hmm. The male. David Carradine? The, yeah, Carradine, because yeah. he, 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 Kung Fu. Yeah. They, I mean, that was supposed to be, you know, uh, Bruce Lee's supposed to play that part, because mm-hmm. he was American born. I mean, he, he spoke English perfectly. <laughs> right. But... They didn't want a Chinese guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's just crazy. He would have been fantastic in that show. Yeah. Times times have changed. Oh, I, a I, lot. I, I don't know if, I don't, I honestly don't know in this, in this day and age if that would even still be the case. I mean, we've talked about racial issues before and especially even now in, um, in, in current year, uh, Asians tend to be just as overlooked as like white males. Yeah, so. I agree. I'm with <laughs> I, you on that. I don't, yeah. I don't even know if that would have changed now. Um, a lot of times they'll even change roles simply because of that. We got Come Mark on in, Mark. We're here. talking here, Mark. Yeah, we're, look who showed we're, up. We're into something that's uh, kind of an interesting thing we got into. We can talk. Yeah, when you talk about Bruce Lee, you're talking about real, what is it? That What's the word they use when you're not a certain, you know, like you're not Chinese, but you're playing a Chinese person? You know what I'm saying? Cultural appropriation. Yeah, appropriation. Thank you very much. I couldn't think of the the word they came up with. But we're talking about Bruce Lee. I mean, he really got screwed because he was supposed to have been the lead actor in Kung Fu. And the the heads of the the studio decided they wanted a white guy instead of a Chinese guy. And they put David Carradine in. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. What people remember best about Green Hornet was Bruce Lee. That's what to, I was. Cato. <laughs> Cato, yeah. You, know, you wanted Cato to show up. And I forget what movie it was that had uh, Garner in it, the guy who played Maverick. Hmm. And Cato uh, came in his office and just troused his office. Do you remember that? <laughs> I have not he seen just that, no. Chopped up his desk and everything. <laughs> and then he's like on the other side of the room and he comes, yeah, and he jumps up in that great hmm. Bruce Lee jump with the kick. Yeah. And James Garner just kind of steps to the left, and he flies out the window. <laughs> yeah, it's just can't can't stop momentum. I figure what that's a gosh, it's a, a detective movie of some kind. I'll look it up during the break. But yeah, I mean seriously, it was having somebody like uh, what's her name? It was in um, Ghost in the Shell. Uh, Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, Johansson. Yeah. All right. I had no problem with her getting that part because they were spending so much money on that movie. Mm-hmm. You need star power. You need star power on that. And the Japanese didn't mind is a thing. It was just white Americans yeah. who were upset about it. They asked the Japanese, and fans were saying, like, yeah, because when you ha- when you, Scarlett Johansson looked more like the anime character, uh, she did. Kasumi, or whatever her name was, and they liked that. They preferred that. <laughs> you know, what bothered me about that is that I thought they did a pretty good job with it. Because I like it's one of the few animes that I like is Ghosts in the Shell because it's a great science fiction 
you know, mm-hmm. story. And uh, I thought they did good on that, and I thought we'd get a sequel. Ain't going to happen. No, too many complaints. And, yeah. Yeah, and the complaints tend to be on our side of the pond, you know, as he was saying. The Japanese didn't have any problems nope. with it. And <laughs> it's always kind of it's frustrating because obviously I'm not one of these uh, politically correct people, but it, it seems that Hollywood always makes these um, these bass backwards decisions yeah. when it comes to uh, knee-jerk reaction. For example, you had you remember that movie? It was called I believe it was called Twenty One, and it was about the um, these these genius students. It was based on a true story. Mm-hmm. Genius Ivy League students who decided to uh, do cow- card counting. Yeah, and they. I mean. Plot-wise, it was pretty good, but... It was one of those movies Kevin Spacey was probably harassing the young (laughs) men. Here's the funny thing. In that movie, they cast... It was an all-white cast, but the true story was about Asians. It was about Asian students in an Ivy League. And for some reason, they thought, eh... It's too unbelievable. Yeah. So I'm like, <laughs> what you know, a, Hollywood, you're all part of Asian goes to Ivy League schools. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Never heard of such a thing. Yeah, well, I mean, me if you look at the other end of this, the other side of the pond, like uh, Tim said, over in Japan, I mean, they make their own live action anime films. They made um, Full Metal Alchemist. Uh, the movie, live action, I think like last year or two years ago. And if you ever watch the anime, all the characters are Germanic or European. They have names like Alphonse and like that. <laughs> and they're all blonde and they're all supposed to be white Europeans. But this movie was made in Japan. So they're all Japanese actors wearing blonde wigs oh in the whole movie. Gosh. And they are named like Alphonse and things like that. <laughs> and But no one's complaining that it's white face, that you know that they're mocking them. It's just that yeah. they literally can't f- get white actors who speak Japanese in Japan. So they just dress up the Japanese actors to, with wigs. Well, you see now, no you know, look, this goes back all the way to Raymond Burr <laughs> when they released Godzilla. Uh, they put... Raymond Burr. Yeah, they just inserted him in the movie. And guess what? And so people who don't know, Godzilla was released in Japan in 1954. It's just Godzilla. Um, It got released in the U.S. with a new scene starring Raymond Burr in in 1956. 56, okay. And it was re-released in Japan in 1956 as Godzilla King of the Monsters with the Raymond Burr scenes intact. Uh And it did incredibly well because the Japanese liked the American star power that was in the movie. And it did so well (laughs) that it actually is what kind of spurred Toho not just to make more Godzilla movies, because I think the only sequel they'd made at that time was Godzilla Raids Again in 55, but that's when we got King Kong versus Godzilla, and the whole slew of uh, Godzilla movies was because the Raymond Burr movie did so well in both America and Japan. Nobody minded back then. No. You know what my... I got two favorite Japanese movies from, I think, the golden age of their cinema, Hmm. and one was... Uh, the Mysterians. Oh, I love that one. That's a great movie. And the other one was The H-Man. Oh, that's another good one. Those are both uh, Ishiro Honda. Oh, they're yeah. great movies. I mean, The H-Man, as much as The Blob bothers me, mm. I can't even watch it today. I have nightmares about it. <laughs> uh, the H-Man was even worse. Well, that's because it's a human turning into The Blob, kind of. It's the human yeah. that disintegrates. Yeah, Yeah, it was a great movie. I've got that on DVD, and mm. I've got The Mysterians on DVD. Because I thought... For its time, its special effects were amazing. Oh, yeah. I mean, all of the, uh, they're called tokusatsu films in Japan, which literally means special effects movies. And they're kind of their own genre. I mean, they don't have to be sci-fi or horror. It's really anything. Yeah. But like the Mysterians with, it's 
color-coded characters who all wear like helmets it kind of inspired like super sentai which is power rangers in the yeah, u.s yeah, and it has a yeah. giant robot um mogura i think it was called in that movie yeah it's it's um hugely influential i mean both in japan and the u.s this is why i like mark on he knows all the names <laughs> of the stuff <laughs> and the i just stuff i just know the movie i just know well yeah they had Really good science fiction back then. Oh, yeah, you guys were talking about Thai movies on my drive over here, and you didn't mention Shudder, did you? No. Shudder's really good. Yeah, yeah. it was pretty good. But that's not a kung fu movie. That's, oh, yeah, that's you're the... just talking kung fu specifically. Oh, we were talking, <laughs> yeah. Have, have you seen some of the new Thai movies that are coming no, out? No, I'm actually not that uh, well-aversed on uh, Thai cinema. Shudder's kind of uh, what I know best. He doesn't have streaming yeah. services. No, oh, no okay. yeah, no, I, I live in a cave somewhere, you know, stockpiling <laughs> for the, the nuclear winter. The, the sky that... This Thai guy, his name is Eco Wa, Eco Wa, yeah, Eco Wa <laughs> something. All right, he was in the raid. Mm. Have you seen the raid? I've not seen the raid. You got to see the good. raid. It's really, really good, mm. and it's, it's it's just super stuff. They're telling me you got to take a break, so let me oh. get that in. Uh, Sunny's Auto Salvage is your number one choice for recycled auto parts. Uh, they take uh, the cars and trucks that are total lost vehicles. And even though a car is like looks like it's been crunched up in a machine or something out on the highway, the motor probably will probably still run, the transmission and other parts of the uh, car. And that's what I've been doing now to keep my car, which is almost, you know, it's at the 300,000-mile mark. And uh, the engine gave up, and I bought a new, uh, not a new, I bought an engine that is from a total loss vehicle, same as mine, and the same thing with the transmission, and for both of them, we're talking a little over $5,000 with all of the labor that went into it, uh, half of what you would pay to get EOM parts, or unless you want to go out and buy a brand new car and then have a car payment of over $600 probably uh, over the next seven years. So I'll take the uh, the, the cheap uh, use of a, of a motor and a, and a uh, transmission from a total loss vehicle instead and go over to Sonny's Auto Salvage, have them procure that for me, put it in for me, give me warranties and guarantees on it, and uh, I'm going to save myself some money uh, so I can go out and see more movies. Just call them, 982-7451, 982-7451. That is uh, Sonny's Auto Salvage. Man, I could have gotten so much trouble. <laughs> oh, no, you, I'm, I'm glad that I, I'm that, amongst friends. That's when you, finger on you the feed button, me the hurt. line, and then <laughs> yeah. I say it, and yeah. it's okay. <laughs> it was funny, but yeah. Because yeah, you're talking, I thought it was the same guy that was in mm-hmm. the, the AMC show. And it duped me because that's why I watched it. It was Into the Badlands. That was the Into the Badlands, which is not a bad show. No, but it was um, it was not what I was expecting. I I went in there thinking it was Donnie Yen. And okay. it was not Donnie Yen. Thank you. Oh, you guys are all sensitive about it, but I got <laughs> I got called out on, on the internet recently because I... Uh, okay, I stop I your story. Okay, and sorry. you just stop it. we got 10 seconds. Oh. i got to get to the news. If I don't, <laughs> it'll, cut, it'll cut me off. You know, and I don't want us to be talking like... I, I don't want to do that. So uh, we got news coming your way. Here it is right now. All right, back with you, sitting here in the studio with me. He's been on the run for a month, and now he's back home again. Dr. Tim Lee. Hello. I just said Lee. <laughs> talking <laughs> Lee. Lim. Oh, my God. It's Mark short for Tim, Tim Lieber. Okay, yeah, that's it. Now, you were telling us a story, Mark. Oh, yeah. So, so we're talking about how people mistake Tim uh, Tim Lee for Jim Lee or other Lees because uh, 
supposedly all Asians look alike. But um, I got called out on the internet recently. No, because I got called out because I mistook one ginger for another, one redheaded kid for right. another. And so someone called me out like, not all gingers look alike. And like, oh, I'm sorry. I mistook one redheaded white person for another. <laughs> but uh, Tim, uh, tell the story you were just telling us about Alamo City Comic Con last year. So I was right next to Jim Lee at Alamo City Comic Con. And for listeners out there who don't know, Jim Lee is a pretty famous person <laughs> in the comic book industry. I think he's actually currently the head of DC Comics, mm. um, if I'm not mistaken. But anyway, he was up there on the Jumbotron, and these people were lost. And they came by my booth, and they're like, excuse me, uh, can you tell us where Jim Lee is? And I was just messing with them. So I was like, I'm Jim Lee. And they're like, no, you're not. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm look up on the jumbo on the jumbotron. And so he was up on the jumbotron drawing or whatever, and I was just mimicking what he was doing. No, and they kept on looking back and forth, and they're like, you're not Jim Lee. But it was the fact that they kept on telling me that that we knew that they kind of believed it. And finally, I just <laughs> dropped the act and said, Nah, I'm no, not Jim that's Lee. Funny. I wish, but how not dare quite. you do that? I know. I can get away with it. Do that. <laughs> you helped perpetrate a lot of this stuff. I know. Yeah. <laughs> when I was a kid, I thought uh, Stan Lee and Jim Lee related, like Jim Lee was Stan Lee's son. And I didn't find out that it, that he wasn't until uh, Jim Lee was doing a tour at Springfield Mall in like 1991 when I was like six or six years old. And I went to go see him. <laughs> I saw he was Asian. I was like, whoa, nope, guess he's not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And considering that Stan Lee was Jewish. Yeah. <laughs> how do you know how do you know Jim Lee is not Jewish? But isn't it, that that you know that's a sad really a sad part of show business and stuff because mm. everybody talks about all of the the way they mistreated black actors and all. Man, if you were Jewish back in the day, you, you didn't get jobs, so that's why they all changed their names. Well, it's ironic <laughs> it's ironic because now um pretty much all major all major media is run by Jewish people. Yeah. So it's kind of... You know the those Jews. <laughs> oh, going into your... <laughs> oh, you no. know, I just... I, that kind of stuff just drives me crazy when people start spouting that crap. About what? About, about Jewish people and stuff. Yeah. Uh, the tables a, have turned, so yeah, I mean... Well, it's still, Oh, you, you don't like Mel Gibson anymore? <laughs> no. <laughs> you know... He was drunk on his butt. Oh, yeah. He, he's just I mean, he stuff. was just out of his mind drunk. That's when he really had a drinking it's problem. It's Hollywood. What's new? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's Even new, Even the right? same ones kind of crazy At least he sometimes. didn't run anybody over like a lot of drunk Hollywood people Yeah, do. that's true. That's true as well. But, yeah, the, the Jews have had a, a rough go of it. Mm-hmm. And, and have, I think even today, they for most for a lot of them, they stay in the background. Well, I can't. I wish I could remember the actor's name. He played uh, Ron in um, the original Nightmare on Elm Street. Ron was the rebel kid who, mm-hmm. um, you know, got framed for Freddy's murders. Um, he was actually uh, Hispanic, the actor. But in order to get the job, he had to tell them he was Italian because, <laughs> yeah, because he, he because at the time Hispanics were all being typecasted as like banditos or, or you know, or, or you know characters like that and he wanted to get a different kind of role so he had to say oh i'm italian and that's well, how he got the part <laughs> that's ironic because that's actually if you think about it that's the inverse of the spaghetti western <laughs> the reason they're called spaghetti westerns is because they're primarily filmed in italy mm. with italians i mean pretty much the whole um <laughs> oh, yeah italians playing hispanics yeah, yeah but that, that happened in uh the good the band the ugly mm-hmm. a fistful of dollars and for a few dollars more all of them were shot in italy Oh, all, yeah. All the actors were... Spaghetti <laughs> restaurants. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that's why that's why those Hispanic restaurants. accents sound so over the top is because it's Italians trying yeah. to sound like Speedy Gonzalez, basically. Right. <laughs> it, was it Ye- Yesu Garcia? 
That's who you're talking about? Jesus Garcia, I guess. Um, This guy, he played, uh, says, uh, DSS is an actor, director, and now minister. (laughs) So he was in the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. So kind kind of interesting. But it... It just goes to show, you know, this this whole thing of uh, we're stealing from people is not <laughs> yeah, true. No. And it's just not true. And what it boils down to really is if you look the part, you play the part. Um, sometimes what people in the left will say is we'll say they'll say, well, you do know there were trans people in Shakespeare's time. They had men oh, yeah. playing the women. I was like. <laughs> They couldn't find the people to play them. They had and to just use who they could. <laughs> they weren't trans. No. They were just men playing women like exactly. Milton Berle made a career out of it. Yeah. And, yeah. And I'm sorry. And, and I know tradi- that I'm taking this way back when I mentioned the name Milton Berle. Well, it's kind of like um, traditionally they get female actresses to play Peter Pan. And yeah. It's not to make a statement. It's just that. To play a character of relative androgyny and youth, they just figured who portrays kind of this androgynous pixie-like character better than a woman could. It was funny because growing up as a kid, uh, what, during like rainy days at school, we used to watch um, the movie Peter Pan, not the cartoon, but the live action yeah. one. I didn't even know until later on. Mary Martin. Yeah, I didn't mm-hmm. know it was a, a woman. I mean, geez, so like cartoon voice acting, that is a... There is no identity attached to it. So like the Shredder in the 1980s uh, Ninja Turtles cartoon, mm-hmm. Oroku Saki, Japanese character, voiced by Uncle Phil from uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, a black man, and no one cares. Very uh, cool. Uh, ben from Ben 10 is voiced by Tara Strong, a woman, you know? It's it's just, what if you sound the part, it doesn't matter if you match the identity physically, because it doesn't matter. You're behind a mic Bart, you're doing voices. Bart Simpson is voiced oh, by yeah. Nancy Cartwright. Yeah. A woman. Exactly. And no one cares. I mean... She's one yeah. from Lost in Space, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, uh-huh. that's what I thought. Mm, right. I was watching a movie the other night, and the lady... What movie was it? I'm trying to think. The lady that played one of the main female characters. Oh, I know what it was. We were watching that terrible Stephen King-directed movie... <laughs> About when all the Maximum trucks... Maximum Overdrive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yardley Smith, Lisa Simpson, has yes. a main role in that, and she is obnoxious in that yes, movie. She is obnoxious, but I didn't realize that she played Lisa Simpson. And I just yeah. went... I started talking about it to my kids, and they're going, no. And I said, yeah, listen to her voice. It's, it's funny. If you go back and watch the 1998 Roland Emmerich Godzilla movie... Half the cast of The Simpsons is in that movie, but you have to kind of close your eyes because you recognize the voices. But it's, so, like, um, the jerk reporter guy is uh, Harry Shearer, who plays like Kent Brockman, and he's playing a reporter character using his Kent Brockman voice. <laughs> and you're just spending the whole movie like, who is that? <laughs> and he, Hank Azaria plays the other uh, oh, uh, yeah. cameraman. And uh, he's Nancy, a really good actor. Uh, he is. He's in a lot of stuff. Um, he just kind of stuck doing The Simpsons for yeah. 35 years. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're making that kind <laughs> um, of money. He he made. I think at their height. The Simpsons actors are getting paid $500,000 per episode, and they do two, 22 episodes a year, and the recording session for each half-hour episode is a max two hours, so five hundred grand for two hours of work, 22 times a year. They're, they're making I think I might penny. be able to handle that. Probably. Yeah. You have a good voice, Dave. <laughs> well, Nancy pen. Cartwright had to give all of it to the Church of Scientology, so... <laughs> that is so sad. Yeah. That is really sad. <sighs> Hey, it makes her happy. You know? I guess. Makes Travolta happy. <laughs> Certainly. It also makes Tom well, Cruise, Cruise happy. Cruise has mm-hmm. kind of downplayed that now. They said that he doesn't 
take as big of an active part in that. Well, they, I think they might have asked him to stop because he was embarrassing himself, you know, on like Oprah well, and things like that. The so, so you know it's yeah. bad when the Church of Scientology <laughs> says you're embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> you're embarrassing. Go make some more action movies. <laughs> yeah. Word out just today, uh, was it uh, Day After Tomorrow? Uh, the, the great science fiction Emily <laughs> the Blunt. Roll, oh, the Roland Emmerich movie? Yeah, uh, Global Warming, the movie. Oh, good. No, 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 global no. Cooling, the movie. No, it wasn't Global Cooling. It was the one that's that same one. You're I'm, talking about Edge of Tomorrow. Edge, Edge of, of Tomorrow. tomorrow. Yes, yes. They just announced their, their, the script yeah. is written and they're going to okay. do the sequel. And that one's also adapted from a manga where they got white people to play the characters. No one cares. The Japanese didn't care. Oh, they like will this, so this time around. Oh, yeah, I'm sure this time. For the sequel, they'll make a big fuss about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was a great movie. It was Groundhog Day is yeah. all it was. Yeah, but it still was fun. <laughs> it was, it was, I like science fiction. Yeah. I really do. I, I'm a big science fiction. I wish now, because these... I'm going to name three movies, and tell me if those these movies for you guys wouldn't be really the perfect movies to re-release now. Doing it the way it was done in the day that it was done, Logan's Run. I never saw it. Logan's Run, they kind of already did. It wasn't a remake. It was sort of a, I can't remember the name of the movie, but it's everybody has a barcode on their arm, Mm -hmm. and they pay with time. So anytime they buy something, they get the barcode scanned, and it's like a minute off their lifespan. It's kind of like Logan's Run, but a bit of an extrapolation of that premise. I haven't seen the movie. The premise sounded good. I don't know if the movie was any good. Well, the movie was good. Michael Michael York. I thought thought the movie you're talking about is the one with Justin Timberlake. Yeah, it it wasn't Logan's Run, but it was something similar, and like a, a update of the premise of Logan's Run in a way. Uh, Logan's Run is that everybody has a jewel in their hand. If it lights up, you're dead and it's time to go. Well, you, well, <laughs> you got to go, but yeah. you're told that you're going to go to Carousel <laughs> and you have your chance to get past Carousel and and live forever because mm-hmm. they worship youth. And it's it's it could be redone today and have the same kind of effect that it did when it first came out in, I think, 72 maybe. Yeah. When it came out, so there's that one. You got uh, Soylent Green. Mm-hmm. Now oh, yeah. with what's going on right now in New York City, in I Virginia, know. and uh, well, whatever, it's happening. Well, it's that's happening. The, I mean, happening. they could um, they a similar one they could do right now. That's almost even closer. Is it was a bad movie, and then Michael Bay remade it, and it was still bad. The it was island. Parts that yeah, the island. It was originally parts yeah. of the Clonus Horror, which is an MST3K tier movie, um, but is rich people having clones of themselves on an island and when they need like an organ transplant they kill the the clone and they take the the part but that's kind of what we're doing with aborted baby fetuses now Mm -hmm. you know is that we just want the the stem cells or we just want the parts from them and we sell them you know over dinner according to that i uh, think about in in soil uh soil and green Mm. that great scene with edward g robinson Mm. towards the end of the movie where they've got him in that room with the screen, the 360 screen mm-hmm. and showing him the beautiful yeah. fields yeah. and all of that. And then they give him the injection and kill him, you know, because you have a certain time you have to die. So I I would love to see that. And then the last, but it's just, uh, what was it, the uh, the Omega Man. Oh, yeah, Omega Man. Well, that one's been remade a bunch a of com- times. Yeah, the last one yeah. was with Will Smith. Yeah. yeah. Le- Legend. Yeah. Well, I but still I, think the best version is uh, the Vincent Price one. It's uh, a good Last yeah. Man on Earth, yeah. yeah. But I, I really like, I'm a big Charlton Heston fan, so oh, of course yeah. I like that movie. <laughs> and uh, I just thought those movies say a lot now. Mm. They They were kind of looking out and saying you know we keep doing these kind of things we may end up in these kind of places 
Well, we're there now. That's what's well, scary. I do, I do have a – okay, th- now this is an interesting question that I was asking myself. So Rush Limbaugh two days ago had a really good caller call in, and she was talking about like how her kids grew up very conservative, and then they, t- they spent one year at a liberal college, and they, they just recently returned home for – And they were in brown shirts. And they were wearing brown shirts. Yeah. And, and he said uh, – and, and the reason she called was about the, the New Deal, the Green New Deal. Oh. And God. so she, she asked Rush uh, what he thought about that, and he brought up a good point. He said, um, you'll notice that a lot of our movies, whenever they're futuristic, like science fiction, they're never bright and optimistic. They're all post-apocalyptic. Yes. Oh, yeah. You very believe it. And he said, when was the last time you saw science, a science fiction movie where the projection of the future was bright and rosy? And I had to think about that because I thought – Never? Like, I can't think right. of one. I don't think since the Jetsons there's ever been any projection yeah. of the future as being anything but, like, post-apocalyptic I mean, dystopian. You, you want to talk about a sci-fi movie that we're living right now? It's Invasion of the Body Snatchers, yeah. where, I mean, everybody is an NPC. You uh, you have to act the part. You say the wrong thing, you know? They all point at you and scream and, and go, as they point <laughs> at you, and then you're in big trouble until you get, you know, reprogrammed into a pod person. In fact, there's a new movie coming out in the next few weeks that is going to be all about that called Us. Oh, yeah? Yeah, that new appeal movie that the guy you did get out. Oh, Peel, the guy who's doing the new Twilight Zone. Yeah, well, that's, that's, but his new movie is Us, yeah. and it's about doppelgangers taking the place of people. Mm-hmm. And that's nothing more than Invasion yeah. of the Body Snatchers yeah. all over again. We'll be back. We'll talk more about this. And I want to go back and talk about what you're saying there, Tim, because you're right. It's never telling us there's good things around right. the corner. There's always bad things around the corner. Let's talk about that when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, we got seven minutes left. I want to come back and talk further with Tim here because he he made an interesting statement about Rush said that science fiction has always got a negative view of the of the future, and I'm not going to dispute that. I can't as I because I started thinking immediately. Well, the science fiction I watch what shows us. And he didn't you mean know, all right. science fiction. He meant in probably in the last decade, just every yeah. movie that's come out talking well, about it. Even if you go back. A lot of that stuff has got, you know, well, if you it, now the I'm cautionary just, tale. I'm, yeah, actually. I'm just going to say here's here maybe maybe science fiction writers believe about the fall of man, and they understand that you give man his own ways, it, it end up in a bad way. You yeah. know, maybe that's why it ends up that way. Well, it's mm-hmm. a it's a search for conflict. So I mean, the old the old old movies were like the Buck Rogers and Flash Gordons where Earth's future was bright. We technology was great, the future was great. Yeah. The conflict always came from outside, invading space aliens, Ming, so, Ming the, the merciless. merciless. Yeah, things like that. Um, now the conflict has to come from within. It's man, earthlings, we made a mistake. We created the matrix or uh, minority report, you know, every, there's no crime because you know, we're taking away human rights. So we can't have invader movies anymore because that's seen as you know allegorical. You know, you're not taking in refugees. That's xenophobic. You know, you're viewing foreigners as the enemy. I mean, there was that cartoon movie that came out two years ago, the Angry Birds movie, and the whole plot of the Angry Birds movie <laughs> is that the bird island is being invaded by the pigs, and people lost their minds. They're saying you're portraying you know foreigners as being evil. That's xenophobic. That's racist. And so the Angry Birds movie got bad reviews. That's called looking. Yeah. Is is projecting something into something that probably was never there in the first yeah, yeah. Or, or something so uh instinctual 
to human nature invading people coming in. I mean, that has nothing to do necessarily with politics. That's just how we tend to be. You don't like it when, I mean, there's a whole genre of horror that involves home invasion, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, it's not trying to make a political statement. It's just tapping into uh, human fears. And the one thing that Rush pointed out to kind of tap into that is that he said that, look at like um, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez saying the world is going to end in 12 years because of global warming. Now you're trying to feed into like young skulls full of mush that have grown up with fiction basically saying hey future's bleak for you guys like you gotta do something now that they have this person i saw it on the big screen right now (laughs) now it's now it's justifying that fear that they've been programmed to see i mean so the only movie i can think of that actually has like a a future that is relatively rosy is like meet the robinsons but that was like back in I don't know, 2006? Yeah, and that's not considered one of Disney's best animated films. But they were intentionally going for a kind of cornball retro Mm -hmm. Jetsons future. And, I mean, I saw the movie. But even then, it was the conflict from the movie came from one of the great inventors of the future, you know, making a device that ruins everything. You know, that sort of situation. It had to be a white guy. Oh yeah, it was a white guy. <laughs> oh, of course, guy. <laughs> yeah, it's just the way it's the way it worked. I mean, we can't do anything right. Yeah, we we can't. <laughs> Everything we've touched has turned to crap. What yeah, can so I say? If there's anyone out there who's uh, part- you have a lot of capital and you have movie making skills, make a bright movie like The Jetsons, one of those fe- those movies Jeez. that that looks at the, how we thought the future was going to be in the 1950s. Uh, you say that, but even The Jetsons by the 1980s when they did their revival and they did that movie, even that one lost its luster. Where you know why they live on giant poles? Because we destroyed the earth with pollution and the earth is covered in smog. You know, that was 1980s Jetsons. <laughs> have you ever, had to, that's <laughs> not just clouds, that's smog. Yeah, it's all smog. Cloud. The Dave, Flintstones live ever, down there. Have you ever heard that theory? It's What's a that? fan theory that the Jetsons and the Flintstones, it's not about the future and the past. They're both about the future. The Jetsons live in the clouds and the Flintstones live below. On Earth. Because, on Earth. yeah, it's post-apocalyptic. Oh, we destroyed the world and so just all the like, poor people live. Just like that movie, uh, Elysium or whatever Elysium, it was. Yeah, same was plot. Yeah. 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 Kind of the same plot, to be honest. Okay. Anyway, let's take a break. we got to get a break in, get news, and then we've got another hour of this insanity to talk about what's going on with uh, movies. So we'll talk about the movies that are being released this year because Mark just said something was it Mark? No, you. You said, uh, Tim, that you're going to go see Dumbo and what? Uh, Avengers Endgame. But none the rest, so. What? No. Oh, Lion King. Yeah, sorry. You're going to go see Frozen, too? No. Okay, anyway. <laughs> we'll talk about why. Yeah, I want to hear why. We'll, we'll, we'll know when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back with you. Final hour of this week's shows here on the Dave Ellswick Show. And uh, we've got Tim Lim here. Hello. He's uh, back from his hiatus, helping his wife. Were you helping her study? Is that what you were doing? I was taking care of the day-to-day tasks, but uh, um, so that's why we were. And that's why there were so many rabbits in it, right? Yes, there were <laughs> okay. a ton of rabbits because you're taking care of the rabbits, cleaning the rabbits. Okay, yeah. taking all out right. the trash. Day-to-day so, so that's duties. all down there. It's not up here. No, uh-uh. that's weird. You got two separate households, right? Mm-hmm. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's not That's a bad crazy. commute, seven hours. Yeah, well, I agree with that. I mean, you can get there in one day at least. Yeah. It's not like she's in Greece and you're here. No, and, and people are shocked because, for example, like uh, the book that Mark and I were working on, I promised to do a page a day, and I stuck to it. I did, and we finished it. I finished it doing a page a day and then coloring three pages a day plus lettering. And the day that um, I came back here, 
I left at 10 in the morning and I got here at 5. Mm-hmm. I just put my luggage up, took out my computer and just started drawing again. <laughs> I, fi- I finished one page that night. You know, I slept at like, I don't know, 2 in the morning, but I got that page done. So people are shocked. They're like, how do you do that? Are you not tired? And it's like, no, because that seven hour drive, I zone out. I put on like a podcast yeah, or something. The, uh, you know, uh, the speed. Yeah. It really works well. Mm-hmm. It sure does. <laughs> yeah, he, he, when he parks, he doesn't even remember all the people he hit. You know? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Until I look at the grill. Oh, that kind of see, there was a Netflix movie I tried to start watching last night called The Drug King. King yeah. And it's terrible. <laughs> I mean, it's terrible. You know, here's the key. If you're going to recreate a time in history, a real time that this was happening. Post-World War Two. Yeah. Then do it. But don't do it cheap because if you do it cheap yeah. it just so does not work well you know who did it really well was um uh, zodiac that movie all of that was green screen i don't know if you you know no, that I didn't um, know who's that. that director was it david fincher david, uh well he's good david, yeah well he's he, um, a great david director lynch. david lynch, lynch. thank you i'm okay. sorry the guy who another did seven. great director yeah who did seven right david yeah. lynch yeah. yeah he did zodiac and every single shot in that that's 1970s they it's all on green screen and you can't tell you literally can't tell wow that movie was like from 2007 and it looked that good and they just completely recreated it and it worked well that's like james cameron's alita all right yeah i'm telling you i i bet people you go see that movie you cannot tell where the real people end and all the cgi begins except for alita's creepy eyes (laughs) oh yeah well they they had to do that because that that's a homage to anime yeah the manga the big eyes yeah. everyone in anime has big eyes yeah yeah, yeah that's know. true not just one but yeah. he, th- that was the main character that he wanted to highlight i understand rodriguez did a good job of directing it oh yeah no i've liked some of the rodriguez stuff i saw like um uh planet terror from uh oh, that's good yeah, stuff that was good yeah yeah that was a great take off of grindhouse movies yeah. it really really was i liked his uh uh, you know they went they went back and and remade the movie with uh, Antonio Bear, uh, um, Banderas yeah. with the uh, the, the Maha, uh, I oh, say? was it um, Once Upon a Time El in Mexico Mahari, yeah. yeah El Mariachi yeah, yeah. Uh, what was Desperado 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 yeah. which yeah. was good but nothing like the original the, the yeah. original that Rodriguez made for fifteen thousand dollars fifteen thousand unbelievable well, I love where he pops open the guitar case and the the machine gun pops out that's always a great part <laughs> well, you know he directed yeah. spy kids too yeah, oh yeah. yeah yeah that's what's it's got the kids uh, movie danny trejo in them playing the same character from machete and people don't know it's a crossover it's yeah. <laughs> weird it, it's really uh-huh. kind of really he's he's an interesting cat as far as things he wants to do some horror he said well that's i'm honestly Mexican directors, some of them are very impressive on how much they can do with so little. Like Del Toro, if you ever go back and watch some of his Mexican films, um, like Kronos, uh, which yeah. is a vampire movie, that one is very was made very cheap, but he gets so much out of it just because he's very good at expressing his vision on film without having to blow a whole lot of money on it. Now, I've li- I liked him until after Mimic. And Mimic, yeah. I thought, was almost flawless. But then it got he, – he just started getting weird. Yeah. Well, so Del Toro's thing is that aesthetically, his aesthetic, his visuals are great. He yeah. often doesn't make movies with a good narrative, though. Like That's... We were talking about the Hellboy movies um, when the, the mics weren't on. And mm-hmm. I, I said, I remember what they looked like because they looked amazing. Um, 
I don't remember the plots. I don't necessarily remember the characters. I don't remember the substance of the movies. Uh, same thing with uh, Crimson Peak. You know, he makes these movies that and look Jess- so good. Jessica Chastain and yeah. just wasted her talent <laughs> yeah. in that movie really bad. And who was the guy that played Loki? Uh, Hiddle- Hiddleston. Hiddleston. Tom Hiddleston. Yeah, he was in that movie too. I mean, that's we wasting. Remember big time. what he did in that movie? What yeah. he said? Yeah, it's just forgettable. But I yeah. remember what the movie looked like. It looked amazing. You know what's bad? Um, is that you look at uh, what was it the uh, the one about the, the thing in the water and all of that? Uh, the shape, shape of water. The shape yeah. of which one best movie, right? Yeah. Okay, that was supposed to be the reboot for Creature from the Black Lagoon. That, that's the other thing Del Toro does is that he buys up rights and then he sits on them until they expire. And then because Crimson Peak was supposed to be the Haunted Mansion movie, and he sat on that for too long and the rights expired, so he just adapted it into an original property. And yeah. was it the same thing with the Creature from yeah, the Black Lagoon? He had the rights to do that for Universal. Oh he waited God. too long, and so he just turned it into an original movie. I left and, that movie for the first, the first scene in the bathtub. Yeah. She, he hasn't seen it. I haven't seen oh, it. Yeah. <laughs> I know yeah. what you're talking about. Though. And I, yeah. I said, nah, I think I'm, I'll check out yeah. right here. Yeah. Because <laughs> what, why are they putting this in here for? Well, and he's a bit pretentious. I mean, let's just yeah, get no. it out there. Yeah. He's an artiste. What's, what's auteur? guard Yeah, auteur. he's an auteur. Yes. Yeah, he's the special well, one. So people talk, yeah, <laughs> people talk about auteurs. And, you know, and not, for people who don't know what an auteur is, it's a filmmaker who has complete control over their movie from the, the screenplay to the direction to the music. everything. Absolutely everything. And people assume auteur movies are fundamentally good because it's, it's the purest form of the creator's vision. You want to know what else is an auteur movie? Star Wars. Star Wars The Phantom Menace is an auteur movie. Is that good? Can you say pretentious? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, you, you're full of yourself. and Lars von Trier kind of movies. And anything that you do can be over the top and nobody tells you, right. I wouldn't do that if I were yeah, you. Yeah, no, no. Nobody nothing but dares. yes That's right. You. Yeah, that's how you end up with Everybody's uh, kissing a, your butt. Attack of the Clones and nobody's saying, hey, maybe that sand speech isn't so good. <laughs> you might want to cut that. <laughs> the movie that's getting ready to be made, that worries me because it could be either very good or very very bad and when they made it the first time i thought it was very very bad critters no oh fighting no. words dune <laughs> dune? dune uh yeah I, all I what a great book i mean just tremendous book yeah it's one of those books that I hear is unfilmable. May, and that may be true. Because they, they try. I mean, I remember seeing the Dune, the original 1970s movie. It was yeah. in the 70s. Yeah. And I just remember watching that movie and being like, this is really weird. Why has everybody got an inner monologue where they're whispering about spice? And yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I just couldn't get into it. I never saw the Sci-Fi Channel miniseries version. I don't know. No, I didn't watch that. I didn't even know <laughs> there was one. Yeah. It's, uh, no. That, they had met, what, Kyle McLachlan was, was, I, Timothy's or whatever the main character's name was. I can't remember. Uh, this all this of is the a little out of my wheelhouse, unfortunately. Yeah. But I mean, it's one of the great science yeah. fiction novels of oh, all yeah, time to, yeah. to read the, th- the three, the, tr- the trilogy. Yeah. I mean, there's other ones that have His son that, wrote yeah, some yeah. sequels that I hear aren't so great. No, but, yeah. they're not all that yeah. good. But those first three books were fantastic. Yeah. And a whole lot of well, well, you had, and you got to understand some political science and a lot of other yeah, things yeah. that uh, to get out of it, you know. I mean, there's there's some books where just the high concept of it, you know, make it impossible to put on film. Period. Like H.P. Lovecraft's The Color Out of Space, which is literally about a color that doesn't exist. How do you make that movie about a color that doesn't exist? You can't unless it's a black and white. You do the birdcage yeah. or whatever they just did, where you never see the monster. Oh yeah, yeah, Bird Box. Bird Box, yeah. yeah. You know, you walk around with your eyes covered. 
I always thought that was I always think it's funny whenever there's a movie, especially where it deals with, let's say, an in fiction band that's supposed to be the best band with a number one hit single. The the <laughs> onus of responsibility on the filmmakers is You'd better have a song in that yeah. movie that's really good because if not, you're not going to sell oh. this well, that and, well. And I I read about you know how scary this movie was and and I should have known this was hype that I shouldn't have bought into and I did. And I watched that movie and it had Sandra Bullock in it and I thought oh, it'd be talking Bird Box or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. and I watched the movie and I'm going, that was scary. <laughs> That's like when I went. What was the movie that everybody got all hyped up about back in the nineties? Uh, Blair Witch. Yeah, Blair Witch. I, I actually like Blair Witch, um, but I didn't find it. I didn't find it scary. So what I found scarier was wasn't Blair Witch itself. It was that documentary. I think it was called Curse of the Blair Witch, but it was a documentary about the Blair Witch. And I remember finding like that was really creepy. And the movie feels more like a supplement to the documentary for me. Okay. I always watch them in backwards. Um, I liked it. I didn't think it was necessarily terrifying. Um, it's you know it's, it's kind of hard to find a horror movie that's scary nowadays. But if you talk about Bird Block, Bird Box, just going back, like that movie was better when it was called Day of the Triffids. Honestly, that's like, great that's, movie. That's Another movie great. Yeah. See, you and I understand what come came what some of these movies came from. Yeah. Day of the Triffids was really oh. good. Speaking of which, are you excited to see the remake of Child's Play? Uh, so I am not offended by the remake of child's play because i people don't know this child's play has actually still been going all these years they're up to seven movies now uh cult of chucky came out every movie yeah. has been written by the same guy yeah. don mancini and they all have brad duraf as chucky um, but the rights to child's play are split up chucky is owned by one company and child's play the title is owned by another company the movie is being made by the people who only own the title child's play so it has a completely different premise it may not even have chucky in it at all what's making the this doll is come the alive. ai thing right yeah this is the one where it sounds like it's a bunch of killer robots in the shape of toys um i'm gonna go see it because don mancini and brad duriff are making their chucky movies um as a tv series now i think yeah. and they're keeping that continuity going so even if i don't like the new movie i've still got the classic stuff that's still going so yeah i got nothing to lose <laughs> it is a <laughs> good a, a good series I mean, I love it. Some it's of them are really low, cheesy, low rent, cheesy. But, but uh, yeah, see the Chucky, I could take or leave. But Cult of Chucky, I actually enjoyed quite a bit. That was the most recent one. Um, there's also a Critters there's series Bride coming of out. Chucky on, too. Uh, Bride of Chucky was actually pretty good. That was by the same guy, um, uh, Ronnie Yu, I believe, who did a uh, Freddy versus Jason. But um, there's also a new Critters series coming out. On I've Shutter, heard about that, and I'm looking forward Critters to it. Critters is pretty good. The, I the movie. loved Critters as a kid, and I will never ever, um, <laughs> I will never talk down about Critters. I don't care how bad they are. Um, and I am looking forward to that TV series. It looks maybe like it's trying a bit too hard to be cheesy and funny, um, but I don't care. It's been twenty something years since Critters yeah, four this came out in the eighties. <laughs> yeah, I, so Critters one is is good it's my anytime movie it's like tremors i can put critters one in and i can watch that no matter what and forever everybody trash talks the critter series that movie has those four movies have so many famous people in them they have angela bassett leonardo dicaprio um billy zane uh scott grimes who plays uh steve on on american dad is in there i mean there's so many and brad duriff was in the fourth one uh there's a lot of famous people a lot of talent in those movies and even as bad as they are they're always really well acted that shut up i love critters <laughs> well, that's not bad i don't i don't oh, have yeah. anything against it i like the, the original i like that way that one and what was the one where the the, the little minion 
engines came out of the hole in the house or whatever. Is oh, it, that's the um, is it Ghoulies? Yeah, the, no, the well, Ghoulies was house. good, but was it? It's a uh, was it Demonic the, the Gate or something? Oh, like The that? Gate. That yeah. is a fantastic movie. That's one of the best uh, kids horror movies I've ever seen. It's really dark. I think it honestly should be PG-13. It should have PG. I don't know if it predates PG-13, but mm-hmm. that is it's a very good movie. Um, it's a good one that you can show maybe some of your older kids closer to 10, you know, but it's got great special effects in it and it doesn't compromise on any of its really... There, there's a, a scene. So there's the, the punk kid um, who uh, kind of... Uh, He's he's the bad influence on the main kid, right. and they, the the father talks to the main kid and says like, oh, you know, he's, this is he's, a typical eighties movie. Yeah, yeah. Right. so he's the punk kid who listens to metal and knows all about the demonic stuff. Yeah. You know, the parent of the of the protagonist says like, oh, go easy on him. He's been weird ever since his mom died. And there's a part where he's he gets up in the middle of the night. He's sleeping over to go to the bathroom, and he sees his mom come through the door, and she like opens her arms, and he runs down crying, and he hugs his mom, and he's like hugging his mom like I missed you so much. And then his friends come out, and they come down, and they see him, and he's holding a dead dog, and he's hugging the dead dog. He's like ah, and he drops it, and it's just that it's a kids movie, but it does not pull its punches. It's really good. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, the the I thought that the the last movie. That they did, uh, what was it, uh, the, the Clocks in the Wall or whatever? The House with Clocks in the Wall. Well, I that thought that was, Black in it, Yeah, right? that yeah. was pretty good. I haven't seen that one. That was, so that was for a younger yeah, you know, well, group of kids. I'm you know? fire and ice when it comes to Jack Black. I actually liked him a lot in the Goosebumps movie. I did not see the second one, but the first one I thought was a fun kids fantasy film, kind of like the Monster Squad type movie. Yeah. And, and he was actually pretty good in that because it, was, it played to his strengths. Uh, I did not see the sequel. I don't know if it's any good or not, but... Uh, the only yeah. movie he's done that I really like, School of Rock. Oh, uh, yeah, that's, that's a classic one. That's that, a good one. That played again to his strengths. You know, he's a musician. He's wild and crazy. He ducks doing kids' movies. That was really like his wheelhouse. And the movie I hate, King, King Kong. Kong. King Kong. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah. Very, the denim, the no. way he portrayed denim was terrible. He gets that last line at the end, no, twas beauty killing. He delivers it so bad. Yeah, yeah no. absolutely. <laughs> All right, let's uh, talk to somebody out there. Bill wants to join us. Here in Little Rock. Hello, Bill. How are you? Welcome to the Dave Ellswick Show. Say hi uh, to Tim and, and and Mark. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Hey, how's it going, hi. Bill? Well, it's uh, overcast and chilly. Uh, <laughs> I guess um, I guess we'll have to look forward to April first. Yeah, mm-hmm. the bottom line's coming in like a lion this year, isn't it? Well, I had uh, two uh, two movies that interested me. One. Um, a little older one uh, just came out a few months ago. Uh, first uh, older one is Don't Breathe, and and I, I absolutely love that movie, but um, you never hear about it. I guess nobody else liked it. No, no um, I loved that movie. It, it had a great oh. premise, and um, a friend of ours who is um, a filmmaker in Texas, Austin Rogers, um, he saw it, and he absolutely loved it. He had recommended it to me. Um, and they're making a sequel. Oh, yeah, it's, it's yeah. a movie that easily could be a sequel. I think it comes out this, oh. year, this year, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Oh, it does. Well, good. Yeah, that it, the the end was definitely a, a bridge to a sequel. Oh, yeah. And uh, number two was uh, the movie. I, I think it was called Free Climb or Free Ascent, about climbing El Capitan by the fella. Oh, yeah, the guy who does it without any ropes or anything. Any, any tools? Man, he just had his fingertips and his toe toenails. That one in. <laughs> yeah, he's still alive. He, oh, he's okay. still alive and still doing what he's what he loves i mean i i heard bill when you saw it did you see it in in uh, imax no 
I can only imagine that movie in IMAX when he's climbing El Capitan. Is it a documentary, like yes. actual footage of him yeah. climbing? Oh, yeah. Uh, well, that actually sounds like it would be really oh. nerve-wracking. <laughs> and he's a speed well, it, climber on top oh. of it. Well, and what about the, the film crew that filmed the film crew? <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, they that, were making a documentary of this film crew filming him. I mean, so it it, it was very good, and um, I'm glad some somebody – I don't know that I well I definitely couldn't couldn't actually do it myself and maybe I don't want to but I'm glad somebody else is doing it. Yeah, I like that's why I like all the reality TV shows like you know Life Below Zero and all of that. And, uh, what was and it? Bear Grylls had that yeah, show Bear where you Grylls, drop yeah. him somewhere. But I was always watching that show. I'm like, whatever Bear Grylls is doing, that's so impressive. The cameraman has to do it while carrying a huge rig. Yeah, so yeah, you're better. exactly right. <laughs> and and one one other I'm thinking here. Uh, it, it came out about a month ago, uh, the Cold Pursuit movie. Have you all seen that? Oh, yeah, with Liam Neeson. Yeah, it was a good oh, movie. Oh, the last a, Liam Neeson movie we'll ever see. It was one made, it was, and, and thanks for your call, Bill. It was a completely, almost a, a shot-for-shot remake of a Swedish movie. Oh. Okay. And it's, uh, it's, it's really good. It's very entertaining. It, it has not done the box office business. I thought they, they probably thought it would do because it's not, like, taken. It's not an action-driven wow. movie. Isn't Liam Neeson in trouble right now? It, it was some stuff. It was, yeah. It was, it's more of a, well, he said that, what was it, somebody that got raped or something, and he said he could have killed the person, and everybody got all weirded out by that. Let me tell you what, it won't be, I wish I could have killed them. They will be dead <laughs> if they rape someone, one of my family members. I will find them and murder them, and I'll bury them with nobody to find me, and I'll never mention it. But the bottom line is is that this movie has got the same kind of, kind of same crazy feeling like Fargo did. Hmm. You know, it's real, it's got, it's it's real dark. Yeah, it's about his uh, daughter getting killed, I think. Uh, his son, son. His son, yeah. son is, is killed by a, a drug uh, guy, and he goes out to get to get uh, revenge. It's a revenge movie, but it's really, it's it's got so much more to offer. You guys would probably well, enjoy it. Um, my friend saw it, and he liked it a lot. He said that one of the interesting things is you'd think that the, whole, the revenge story, you know, getting uh, getting these people who got his son would be the main plot. And then within like twenty minutes, it changes. <laughs> it changes absolutely does. That's why it says like Fargo. It keeps uh, changing all different kinds of way. Uh, quick break, then we're back. And uh, man, we're going through this hour fast. Dave Ellswick Show. All right, we continue here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Remember about PI Roofing and Tommy's Gutter Cleaning Services. You can get that done now through PI Roofing because PI Roofing bought out. Tommy's Gutter Cleaning, and now they'll give you the high-quality gutter cleaning that you need. Along with that, if you've been using Tommy's, know now that you get what PI Roofing is the best at, and that's comprehensive roofing and home repair expertise. Find out more. Visit it at piroofing.com. That's piroofing.com. All right, we're down to about the last 25 minutes of the show this week, and I'm bummed because it's gone so fast today. I like it when you guys come by. We like being I like here, talking yeah. about this stuff. It's important to talk about it. It's important for people to understand. I mean, look, you, you go to the movies and you're, you're entertained, but you have to understand that there's underlying messages a lot of time that's in there that they're trying to stick in your brain. I mean, it's what oh, the yeah. colleges do. You send your kid to college and they come back espousing things that you never 
taught them when they were at home. Well, we were, oh, were you going to say something? No, I was going to ask how many, like we were just talking um, when we were off the air about how many movies we're looking forward to seeing this year. And yeah. I mean, <laughs> I can literally count on uh, one hand how, are, how many movies I have planned. And even some of them are in doubt. I mean, Dumbo, I will see just because um, I it's like, Dumbo. It's Dumbo and it's my favorite character. And then even Avengers Endgame, uh, I don't want to spoil it for anyone listening out there, but uh, they have been putting... Stick your fingers in your... Take, your, fi- <laughs> take your, your hands off the steering wheel, put your fingers in yours. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> they, don't do that. They've been intimating how it's going to be resolved yeah. based on uh, what we know about the ending of Captain Marvel. And if it's true, yeah. I'm not going to go watch it. You know, it's all yeah. based on that. And part of, part of the reason why, um, and this is a discussion for another time, but the, the readership of comic books is dwindling rapidly. But... Japanese, Chinese, and Korean fiction, like manga and anime, is on the rise. And and people think it's, well, a lot of the liberal left wants to say that it's because print is dead. That's not true. If print were dead, people wouldn't read these books because all that's different is the format. And the other thing that's different about it is the storytelling. We, we naturally want to fill creative vacuums with something that's important. And frankly, these, these companies that want to try and subvert our culture, we don't need them. We can either create our own culture or we'll just find it in other places. So um, I don't know. The, the movie slate for this year, uh, every year it, it dwindles down. But I can say that I'll, I'm looking forward to Dumbo. I'm really looking forward to Godzilla. Um, mm. I know that I think Emily Blunt, <laughs> I, I know if it's Emily Blunt or whoever the actress is in that movie has said something pretty asinine. Which makes me think, like, don't. What, Captain Marvel? No, uh, Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Yeah, that's. Uh... I mean, you got Bobby from Stranger Things in that. It's being directed it's a, by Michael oh, Doherty. Yeah, and, and the lady, the lady, the lady is right. from uh, the Based Conjuring movies. Yes, Vera Vera Farmiga. There you go. She said something that was pretty during an interview where I just thought, you don't want to say that. Like, it makes people like me not want to watch your movie. And but I think they're becoming more brazen about it's it. It's the same thing with me, Brie Larson. Brie, about, and she won't oh, shut up. White guys. It. She she won't mm-hmm. shut up. Like every time she does a press conference. She just puts her foot in her mouth, and you know that Marvel, that you know that Marvel and Disney have either talked to her and just, and she basically told them to go pound sand, or they encouraged her and they just know you keep on talking like this because we're going to get people to to see. Here's the thing with kids movies, like right now, where we're talking about it off the air, but there was a whole batch of kids movies that were all made around the same time and they've been getting released one after the other recently and they are all the same. Incredibles 2, uh, Star Wars Last Jedi, Toy Story 4, Lego Movie 2. Um, All these movies have the same theme of men are stupid women step up and you know be action girls and put men in their place like lego movie 2 had the theme of toxic masculinity it's basically a little kids movie with the meta textual element of you know the brother and the sister in the real world uh, working out their problems through their lego toys and the problem was mass toxic masculinity and so the boy had to learn to you know stop being a, to- a toxic male you know let it-, it could have been a story about you know just siblings not getting along instead it was specifically about the patriarchy oppressing women and you know that kind of thing but all these movies have all been coming out and i think people are just sick of them but the bigger problem is that it's every single kids movie so it doesn't matter what movie you take your kids to go see you can take them to see one of them you can take them to see all of them but they're going to get that message no matter what and it's suffocating yeah because it's all about the whole hashtag me too movement that got this all going and i know we've talked about this 
before Dave, but um, and I think I tend to be a little bit more hardline about it. I a lot of times you're, you're going to have a movie that's wrapped in a very good dressing, but the poison pill is so tiny on the inside that some people are willing to forgive it. They'll say, "Yeah, you know that part kind of bugged me, but the rest of the movie was good." No, that's that's the best type of subversion because when you're able to Trojan horse something into people's minds, that's how you subvert. And one of the movies I saw recently that I was very disappointed in was The Incredibles 2 because it starts out pretty good. Um, the main premise that Elastigirl needs is be, is basically told by a focus group that she would be marketable. I get that. Like, that's pretty funny. But they set, up, they set it up where you have Mr. Incredible as kind of the house dad, and he's incompetent. He can't do anything correct. And finally, at the end, you have Elastigirl, who is competent as a hero – and competent as a parent. At the end, it turns out that Mr. Incredible is not really competent at anything. What's the point of him being a hero when she's just as competent? He doesn't learn how to be a competent dad. He basically is like grateful that she's back to take the reins of it. And so, you, yes, it's, a, it's an action-packed movie. It is very entertaining. But you just have to ask yourselves, what are kids leaving the theater? What impression are they leaving the theater with? And what are we sacrificing? Wars are fought based on not mileage but feet. You gain five feet, you lose three feet. And I think the left does this very well. They're able to um, t- they're able to take the uh, victories that they can and the losses that they can, and they wrap it up into a nice, pretty package that they feed to your kids. And you know, if you're paying very close attention. And you see this recurring message. It's not something you want to take your kids to. No. So another movie uh, made in that same time. So Ralph Breaks the Internet is the sequel to Wreck-It Ralph. Right. Now, so the original Wreck-It Ralph, the first movie, the entire conflict of that movie was based on this villain named Turbo. If he left his video game and went into another video game, then that would cause both of those video games to be destroyed, to be taken down by the person who runs the arcade, because they would both be seen as being broken. And so it was considered the worst thing you could do is leave your video game and go into the next video game. That's the entire conflict of the first movie, and the villain Turbo doing it is the villain for that reason. Ralph Breaks the Internet opens with Vanellope, who is the protagonist of the first movie, leaving her video game and going into another video game, doing the exact thing that the villain did in the first movie. And the movie is never self-aware enough to realize that she's doing what the villain from the first movie was doing. Instead, she's justified and enabled in doing this thing that gets other video game characters killed. Because if your video game gets taken down, everybody else left behind in that video game gets deleted. So it's okay when she does it is the message that that movie gives is that Turbo does it, it's bad. But if Vanellope does it, it's okay, even though she's being really selfish and evil and getting people killed. It, it's all right when she does it. And that's the message it's giving your kid. I mean, maybe if you watch Wreck-It Ralph 2 in a vacuum and not even realize it's a sequel, you might not get that message. But when the, it destroys the entire foundation and rules of the first film to justify letting this character Vanellope do something terrible, that's not a well-written movie. That's not a well-conceived movie. And it's delivering a message that it's okay when you do it. And that's bad. That's a bad lesson for kids. I would agree with that. Yeah. I'm being quiet. Oh, I'm yeah, just no, watching no, the two no, of yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. No, you know, the third, Godzilla's the one that I'm really oh, yeah. waiting for. The other one that I'm waiting for is the new John Wick Part Three. <laughs> John Wick against all of New York City, basically. With, so, with dogs. Yeah, I'm looking at. I loved it. I loved the first two. 
I enjoyed it. Yeah. I liked uh, John Wick too, too. Yeah, I haven't seen the first one. I've only seen the sequel, and I could watch the sequel all by itself, and it didn't bother me. It was good. Yeah, it's because it was <laughs> yeah. it was didn't matter if you hadn't seen the first one. The, uh, the movies thus far can stand alone by themselves. Although it'd be kind of hard to pick up. I think on the third one, and you're going to take on the whole city. Why is he taking on the whole city? You know, is this about his dog? What's going on? Yeah, it's not about <laughs> his dog anymore. It's all about he went into that hotel. That you're not supposed to carry any grudges with you in there, and he killed that guy, and now they've taken his protection away from him. I'm just wondering if John Leguizamo has fixed his car yet. (laughs) (laughs) Let's hope so. uh, King of the Monsters, the Godzilla sequel I am really excited for. It's directed by Michael Doherty, who's done two films I love. They're horror movies. They're uh, Trick or Treat, which a great Halloween movie. And Krampus, an even better Christmas movie. That was movie. really oh, good. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, it's like one of those movies that I legitimately think is an instant classic. Like, now I want to watch it every year at Christmas as part of my ritual. And it's, it's only a, a creepy years movie, old. It's too. It's creepy. It's really well, it's really well directed, really well written, really well acted. It's just a great movie. You don't get a movie that good in that premise very often. Um, and so I'm very excited because I think I've liked every movie by him I've seen, and he's doing the new Godzilla, which looks He's doing so the next fantastic. two. He's doing this he's one. He's doing Kong as well. He's doing oh, Kong, too. All right. So that's going to be, yeah, Kong, it got to be better than the Japanese version. Yeah, what the the costume looks like it was made out of carpet samples. Yeah, uh, yeah I'll never forget that <laughs> movie as a kid so when they bring him in with the helium balloons. Big balloons, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like the second one better where he fights Mechanic Kong, yeah. the Robot King Kong. But no, um, the only thing I'm worried about with the new series is that if Toho does not uh, renew their license with Legendary, Kong versus Godzilla is going to be the last one um, by Legendary, and that'll be disappointing. But hopefully they renew it you would think they would it's been it's making money popular yeah i mean to say the least is a well toho yeah. is anxious to make so they made um shin godzilla but the only reason they were able to make that one is because their contract says that um toho can only make godzilla movies um when legendary does not have a movie in production and so they made shin godzilla between the 2014 godzilla and this new movie when there wasn't one in production but now that all these movies are back in production, Toho can't make any more movies. And so they're very anxious to make their own Godzilla movies again because Shin Godzilla did so well. And so, and I don't were, know why because I was not impressed with it. Shin Godzilla? Yeah. I, it was a movie that I – the first time I saw it, I I loved that they stuck to the premise of what how would bureaucracy handle Godzilla. And they yeah, stuck I like to that, that one. to show that it, it couldn't do nothing. Oh, yeah. It just doesn't have great rewatch value. I tried watching it a second time, and I thought it was really boring uh, because that luster of sticking to that uh, that great novelty had worn off. And yeah. You just have to try and watch it again, and it's like, oh, well, I've, I've already seen the gag, and now it's not really so funny anymore. <laughs> well, yeah, because but, it just showed that, yeah. you know, typically – government screws it all up exactly. worse exactly no it only makes things uh yeah it only makes things worse um the but then the same thing for different reasons the 2014 godzilla i had trouble with when i first watched it i really liked it because the last half hour is full of godzilla yeah um i forgot that the first hour did not have godzilla in it so when i rewatched it i was like oh yeah godzilla doesn't show up in a movie called godzilla until the 60 minute mark that's kind mm-hmm. of a problem um so it didn't hold up quite as well either but uh, King of the Monsters looks like it's actually learning from the uh, the, the complaints well, I people had the, the first time. I like that they brought Rodan back. Because oh, let's yeah. be honest, Rodan was not a big, big character for Godzilla movies. And no. he had, they had their own, you know, standalone solo project with it. Mm-hmm. But 
most of it was all about slugs in a mind. <laughs> yes, know? the Mega Nulons, um, who, uh, who became their own Godzilla characters. But yeah, Rodan was, um, he was in like four movies, four or five of the classic movies. He was in one made in the 90s. He was in one made in the 2000s. I mean, he's a, he, he's considered one of Toho's like uh, top five characters, but he's probably kind of like number five out of the top five because number one's Godzilla, number two is Mothra, number three is King Ghidorah, number four is Mechagodzilla. This is Toho's actual listing, by the way. Yeah. I'm making this up. Number five is Rodan, so Rodan's kind of you know like the 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 number five of their Fab Five. You know? they, they made him look mean and, and oh, cool. Yeah. He I'm rises out of that volcano with yeah. lava dripping from his wings yeah. as he's like soaring through the sky. Oh, it looks incredible. I really, really <laughs> like it. You know, I don't think you have to worry about, you know, the flying mantis or something like that showing up. Yeah. I'm just telling you, he's, he's kind of interesting in that his power is the wind that he control, <laughs> yeah. that he causes with his, his wings. But I'm sure there's going to, because have you, have you seen the trailer? Oh, I've, oh, that shows Bobby sitting and she sees the big cloud of all the crap mm-hmm. coming. That's got to be, you know, Rodan flapping his wings uh-huh. and making uh, the, this. Well, in the 90s, they gave him like a fire breath and they would change his name to like Fire Rodan. Yeah, I don't know? remember so they, that. They gave him some extra powers because he didn't have great that. offensive capabilities. Um, King Ghidorah looks epic. He's huge in the movie. Yeah. Um, he's he's um, the arch nemesis of Godzilla. I just don't know <laughs> where Mothra is going to play into Mothra, this whole thing. Yeah, because Mothra. Or the singing girls. <laughs> or oh, the singing girls, yeah. yeah. Um, Mothra. <laughs> Masuda. Yeah. yeah. Um, Mothra doesn't look cute enough i kind of they they changed the shape of her head the shape of her body to make her look a bit more deadly and intense which i kind of think loses the point because mothra is supposed to be the sweet and gentle heroic character supposed to be yeah so this one they kind of americanized her and made her look you know you know the two singers that they carry around in a cage (laughs) yeah right the two little fairies (laughs) yeah um i'm psyched for it for people who like godzilla movies you know it's it's good to have an american godzilla movie that made by people who clearly love godzilla yeah i agree okay last break let's do that we come back and uh, i'll mention a couple other movies that i'm interested in seeing uh, as we get into the summer and into the fall dave ellswick show more coming your way four minutes four minutes left four minutes left that's too bad so dark phoenix don't turn you on no, everything about it looks really cheap, especially the Mystique's makeup. Man, let's look like they put that on in five minutes. Looks like uh, Will Smith's makeup in Aladdin. No, that's, that does not move me, other than to say that you're probably not going to like it, Dave. Just, you know, why would you do it that way? I don't understand. You're talking about Aladdin? Yeah, yeah. the first, live action. I saw it and I thought I was looking at like a Bollywood trailer. And yes. Then, and then Will Smith shows up. It does have that <laughs> feel to it. Yeah. I think Disney has been putting out too many live action remakes too quickly, and they aren't really do- they're doing quantity over quality. And so, I mean, they started out really strong with like you know Jungle Book and God, uh, that was yeah. great. And but, but did you see? Well, you didn't mm-hmm. see this. All right, uh, you may have seen it, Tim. Netflix did Mowgli. Have you? Yeah, seen? Mowgli. Did the, you see that? Is no. that the one directed oh. by Andy Serkis? Yes, uh, it's really well done. I really liked it, and it's more yeah. of the. The way I think the Jungle Book reads more more Kipling than the and, Disney version. Yeah, dark. Yeah, real dark. It's it's good. It's done I heard very it was well. Good. They had to delay it because of the Disney Jungle Book that came out. That they they were unfortunately in production at the same time, and Disney got theirs out first. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's well done. If you if you got Netflix, watch it. You'll like it. Your kids might not like it because it's pretty dark. <laughs> I'm just telling you, mm. it's good. It's a good movie. I I liked it a lot. 
Netflix, I watched it with my older kids. Uh, that's good to hear because Netflix has uh, they've been striking out a lot lately. <laughs> well, they've got a bad habit of doing a lot of liberal crap. Yeah, I mean, serious. I mean, what they signed up the Obamas for how many years uh, now to produce stuff? Yeah, I'm sick. not. I'm, uh, you know, I can tell you right now, if it's coming from them, I ain't going to watch it. <laughs> The problem is when they, you can do a lot with the budgets that they have. For example, we were talking before um, the show started that I, I watched Polar last night. Yeah. And you can tell they did very good with their budget. Um, mm-hmm. There's some parts where – actually, I, I didn't know about this until Mark told me. But you always know whenever they say, like, uh, a location is Washington, D.C., you always know it's not whenever they're skyscrapers because yep. th- mm-hmm. by law, there can't be any building in D.C. taller than the Washington, Washington Monument. Monument. That's correct. And there's a scene in Polar where they said uh, the bad guy's headquarters is in D.C. In the background, you can see a skyscraper that's <laughs> at least like 60 tor- stories tall. And I thought to myself, okay, I get it. You know, you have a budget. You're filming in Canada. You know, you do what you can. <laughs> yeah, but how hard? I mean, well, it's not all that expensive now to do green screen. Yeah. You know, well, at the same time, you're talking about budgets like oh, well, you know, they don't have a lot of money. Transformers Revenge of the Fallen. They walk into the Smithsonian. They're in D.C. They walk out the back door, and they're in Arizona. I mean, it's like a desert. It's just this huge, mm-hmm. expansive wasteland. Like, the, this movie didn't care. that. Like, the Great Pyramids of Giza are shown on a beach. Like, this, <laughs> sometimes budget doesn't really matter if the person doesn't care. <laughs> yeah, well, that's... That well, Michael Bay, that's very <laughs> true. I mean, come on. It, it's all of his is in fireworks. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He, he, all of his explosions. I always think it's funny to watch a war movie and a big explosion happens and all of a sudden you can see the little rockets shooting through it, you know? <laughs> I'm going, yeah. dudes, that's not what a big explosion in wartime looks like. <laughs> it doesn't look like that. I one, watched one of, there's one movie, a war movie I've been watching here recently. I've been showing it on HBO, so I've been catching it over and over and I'll, wherever it starts, I, I pick it up at. And that's uh, We Were Soldiers. Mm-hmm. I love that. I thought I thought Gibson did such a great job with that movie. And then you go and you look at, uh, you know, Heartbreak you know, Ridge movie that he did, mm-hmm. Heartbreak Ridge. He has a lot, I believe, has a, a lot of uh, feelings for the men and women of the military. He, yeah, tries, I mean, uh, he tries to keep it straight pretty sure he's a republican yeah well yeah i've heard that he's a republican <laughs> yeah. for sure it's funny that you mentioned it we actually bought uh hacksaw ridge on dvd oh, good movie great movie gotta get out of here thank you tim thank you mark thank we you. appreciate you good times. see you on monday remember god gave you a whole week of life give him one day on this weekend three-star general michael j flynn head of the pentagon intelligence agency knew all the government's dirty secrets he was one of the most respected generals in the military flynn knew what the intel world had been up to he understood its funding he ordered the first audit of the use of contractors this set off alarm bells the explosive new documentary flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost and covers the facts behind this scandal flynn told the truth he was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.